Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You got a friend in me. Richard, have you got a friend in me? <laughs> no. Oh. What, do you don't remember what your old pal said? Uh, yeah, uh... When you're You'll miles and miles me. from your nice warm bed, <laughs> I know like like pieces of of that song, but not <laughs> not in any order or any, like like because I've only ever heard it when watching Toy Story movies. I've never I'm gonna, I've never been like I'm going to listen to You've Got a Friend in Me. Really, I had the uh, the soundtrack on cassette, and it had like a lyric book. Mm. But anyway, why That's are we cool. talking about this? Why are we talking about You've Got a Friend in Me? Um, because it's National um, Friendship Month. It was actually National Podcast Appreciation Day or something the other day, and we I'm sure that's we didn't like a- post anything because no one appreciates our podcast. No, that's true. Um, no, we're talking about you've got a friend in me because this is film franchise Fortnite's on the Cop Pop Podcast, a podcast where myself, AJ, and my friend Richard, myself, we Richard, and his friend and him. AJ, <laughs> you are the friend in me. Um, oh my god, the friend was in me all along. <laughs> we watch a, an entire film franchise in a fortnight, and then we get together and discuss that franchise. Uh, and this was our second franchise uh, chosen by our Patreon one dollar supporters. Ooh, they one dollar or more, yeah, one dollar or more, and they suggested and voted for. To story. T story. The story. Yeah. The just called The Story. <laughs> uh, yeah, Toy Story. It's a trilogy of three films, mm-hmm. uh, which started back in 1995 with Toy Story, mm-hmm. directed by John Lasseter. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> What's that about, AJ? And can you tell me, uh, doing your best Woody impression? Buzz! I can't do any impressions. You told me you were going to get me to do impressions this episode, and I was practicing, and I was like, these are so bad. All right. You're not a space ranger! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's the ranger! (laughs) Ranger! Um, Um, Toy Story! um, What impression are you best at, then? You can do that. Um... I could probably do a good Slinky Dog impression. <laughs> All right, okay. As Slinky, voiced by Jim Varney, yeah. and later Blake Clark. Yeah. What is Toy Story about? Toy Story 1 is about a, <laughs> <laughs> a sentient group of toys who, um, in, in a world where every toy is sentient and they're, they live in a house where they're played with by a little boy named Andy, and the leader is... Hey. Man, I thought I could do this better than I can. The leader yeah, is, a, is a cowboy toy named Do you Woody. remember what he sounds like? He's got a gruff voice. 
Now, I may not be a smart dog, but now, I, I may know not what roadkill is. I may not be a smart That's dog. It. And so Woody, Woody, there we that, go, Woody. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> Woody <laughs> is the leader of the toys, and um, everybody looks up to Woody, and he's Andy's favorite toy. And then it's Andy's birthday, and one of his presents is a Buzz Lightyear action figure, which is a space toy, a space ranger. And... And Buzz kind of takes Woody's place as Andy's favorite toy, and Andy's really jealous. And it's and the two end up going on a whirlwind adventure to become friends and to realizes realize each other's place in the world. I guess. Yeah. All right. And uh, what is Toy Story two in nineteen ninety nine? What did that? Bleh. Toy Story two came out in nineteen ninety nine. It was also directed by John Lasseter. And what is that about? Rex. Okay. Oh, that's the hardest one, man. What? Okay, how would you describe Wallace Shawn's voice? Describe uh, it for he, me, and I'll do the description. He sounds like the dinosaur from Toy Story. <laughs> I can't do it. It's like I know it's it's hi, bitch. That I was pressing my my Adam's apple. This is about as Wallace Shawn as I can get. Is this and, good um, enough? There's a bit of a lisp. A and lisp. It's very loud. Yeah, I don't want to go too loud, though. Yeah. Toy Story no, anyway. 2 is No, set- you can just do it as AJ. <laughs> no. We don't, we don't want to, you know, <laughs> we don't want to alienate our audience. Toy Story 2 um, is set a couple years later, and everyone's friends now, um, but Woody accidentally ends up in a yard sale and is um, stolen by a toy collector um, named Al- who runs a toy shop and basically the 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 toys back at Andy's house decide to go and save Andy from Al's toy barn while save Andy imagine that movie save Woody from Al's toys barn Al's toy <laughs> barn and um while they're there while Woody's there he he meets like other characters from the extended back catalog of Woody's brand because Woody was actually the star of a really old TV show um, and that's why he's such a collectible now is because this TV show is kind of a cult classic. Uh, and so it's, you know, it's complicated because now Woody feels like he should stay with his new friends um, because he learns about the 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 tragedy that befalls every toy's life um, when their owner outgrows them. And so he's like, maybe it's not even worth it. Going back to Andy, um, very existential crisis kind of story. But eventually he and um, his most of his new friends, because one of them betrays him, um, oh. they, <laughs> they journey back to Andy's house where they all enjoy um, what they can of. It's kind of this melancholy coming to terms with enjoying what you've got until it's gone. Mm. And yeah. if you like accepting your own mortality, then you'll love Toy Story 3, yeah. which came out a full 11 years later in uh, 2010. That was directed by Lee Unkrich. Um, and what one, what is that one about? What voice am I going to butcher here? Um, whoa. Buzz. Buzz, 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 light you to the rescue. <laughs> But what's that's just a normal voice. It's more like the 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 his vocabulary that's more impressive about him than his Right, okay. Um I mean I don't know I don't think I can do any other voices actually, so maybe that's 
for the best. Um, Toy Story 3 is set probably about the same amount of time later as- Oh, actually, no. Can you do it as Lotso? Lotso Hagen Beer. Lotso. Well, is this Lotso's voice? If this is Lotso's <laughs> voice, then I can do it in this voice. <laughs> so, uh. Andy's all grown up now, and uh, to- uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all the toys are feeling rejected, um, and so all the toys are feeling rejected, and um, <laughs> yeah, they've, good they've they've completely lost their will to like uh, to live basically. And Andy's going to college, um, and he's going to take Woody with him, and he means to put the other toys in his attic, but they accidentally wind up in a box going to preschool, like to like daycare. And so Woody joins them and he's like, all right, I found you guys. Let's go back to Andy's. And they're like, no, we don't want to go back to Andy's. This one's a quite a complicated plot. Basically, the, the, the daycare center is run in like a totalitarian society by Lotso, who's this, this teddy bear who was like similar to previous um, stories in the Toy Story universe was kind of unintentionally abused by his owner. Um, and so now he thinks that daycare is basically where it's at um and so they eventually learn they're not that keen on daycare so they escape um they end up at a dump where they nearly get burned alive in a furnace it's very intense uh and then before they wind up back at andy's house where he donates them to a loving and very like age appropriate little girl um, who can play with the toys now and give them the fulfillment they desire as toys. Yeah, because the whole thing is like that a toy desires more than anything to be played with, yeah. I guess you'd say. So, AJ, I think it's probably pretty mm-hmm. safe to say that the, these are good films, yeah? This, like, would this is a perfect trilogy i think it's probably the closest we have to a in this in like the world of of franchises as like a an accessible perfect trilogy i'd say the other big contender would be lord of the rings but you know not a lot of people are gonna sit through lord of the rings like these are easily digestible films with fantastic stories um and I don't know if I'd say each one gets better as it goes along, but I certainly would say each one is as good as the other. Like, there's not right. a definitive best Toy Story film, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, um, what would you guess, AJ, that Toy Story has on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, it's maybe like 98, I think. It's 100%. It is 100% now. Okay. Yeah. There was, because there was, um, like, Toy Story is actually quite a... Like it's it's like a a chapter in the Rotten Tomatoes book, you know, because there's when Paddington Two scored a hundred percent with whatever many critics, um, a bet Toy Story Two, right? Yeah. So what is Toy Story Two rated on Rotten Tomatoes? One hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. but it has it's more the- critics, so it means it's it was voted one hundred percent by more people than Toy Story One. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Uh, uh, Toy Story 2 is the third highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. behind only Paddington 2 and Leave No Trace, which is like a film that came out earlier this year. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's strange. But, yeah, and the original Toy Story is the 10th highest rated film on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now, what would you guess that Toy Story 3 has on Rotten Tomatoes? We've got 100, feel- 100. What does it have? I think it's like 99, right? It is 99. Because it there's ha- that it- one critic who- <laughs> Yep. Uh, so, it was on 100%. And it had its perfect streak broken by a guy called Armand White, who is notorious for- going against the grain so i've just i've pulled up some of his things just to get you an idea of um how what this guy's kind of film opinions and he this is an actual paid reviewer okay Mm -hmm. so he called eighth grade indie movie self-pity thumbs down (laughs) black panther turned politics into politics thumbs down call me by your name was trite thumbs down uh blade around 2049 the awesomeness is gone Thumbs down. Uh, Wonder Woman to, um, had childlike enthusiasm, but no passion. Colossal was a tribute to misandry. And Get Out was an attenuated comedy sketch. Wow. Um, and his review of Toy Story 3 do- didn't really have like a concise burn yeah. or anything like that. So Toy Story 3 is so besotted with brand names and product placement that it stops being about the innocent pleasures of imagination, the usefulness of toys, and strictly celebrates consumerism. Now you're like, oh, is there anything this guy does like? <laughs> well, there is. He yeah. loved Transformers The Last Night, called it a unique big screen spectacle. The Boss right. Baby was a surprisingly imaginative animated movie. Dirty Grandpa, he says, you'd have to be humorless and sex averse to be offended by its deliberate naughtiness, as so many critics have demonstrated. Batman v Superman boldly challenged popular culture's current decay. Uh, Your Highness personalized the genre enthusiasm of the Star Wars generation, and of course, Grown Ups was cheerful and surprisingly heartfelt. I don't want to talk about this guy anymore. It's just so <laughs> annoying. Like, I, you know, obviously I, I can take differing opinions, but this guy, just the the specific films, it feels like he's he's gone deliberate. everybody likes this yeah it's, it's deliberate it's not it's not his organic opinion he he it feels like he wants to just go against the grain and that's frankly that's immature of him so yep. screw you armand white is that his name yep we don't expect us to get him on the podcast no although no <laughs> um all right now one thing as well that these films have <laughs> like a lot of films, as a cast. Mm-hmm. And it's got a very good cast, I would say. Um, yep. So I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to say an actor and then you give me the part they played in the film. So, yep. we'll, we'll, you know, it's got a stat cast and, you know, I want to include you on this, this as well. This is so a, whole, got a whole trilogy? Yeah, so I'll, I'll go through the first film. Uh, okay. So we have Tom Hanks as Woody. Woody, do you know Woody's last name? The cowboy? No, it's Woody Pride. What? Um, it was in the uh, the official toys released for the third film. Um, has has his last Woody Pride? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Tim Allen, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Yep. Don Rickles. He is Mr. Potato Head. Yep. Jim Varney. He's Slinky. Yep. Wallace Shawn. Rex. Yep, uh, John Ratzenberger. Ham. Annie Potts. Ah, uh, oh, Bo Peep. Yep, uh, Laurie Metcalf. Andy's mum. Uh, R. Lee Ermey. Oh, um, is he the, he's the green police, the green uh, sergeant. Yeah, the, the, the bucket of soldiers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, P. 
Penn Gillette. Oh shit! Um, um, in the first film, Penn Gillette. Yeah. Um, of Penn and Telephone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would be. Oh, I don't know. Who does Penn Gillette play? He is the announcer in the Buzz Lightyear toy commercial. Ha! <laughs> that's awesome. I was watching. Yeah. I, like that stuck out to me. So I wonder if that's why. It's because I recognised the voice. That's hilarious. Mm. All right, so stacked cast for that film, and AJ, you did very well. So thank you. The sequel um, adds Joan Cusack uh, as Jesse the cowgirl, and uh, Kelsey Grammer as Stinky Pete, the old prospector. Uh, Wayne Knight as Al from Al's Toy Barn. Do you know Al's last name? <laughs> no. What is it? McWiggin. <laughs> this is it's so on a plaque at his desk. Um, <laughs> Jody Benson. Um, or she would be. She's the voice of the Little Mermaid as well. If you don't recognise the name. Oh, she's Barbie. Yep, she is, and Estelle Harris. Uh, I don't know who's that. Mrs. Potato Head. Oh, of course. Yes. Yep. No, yeah. I did know that. And so, uh, you know, adding the cast, pretty much everyone from the first film returned as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for three. We had mm-hmm. Ned Beatty, Beatty, Ned Beatty. Um, who was he? He was, oh, he was Lotso? Yeah, he's Lotso. Yeah. Uh, you've got Blake Clark. Um, did he replace Jim yeah. Varney? Yeah, so he replaced Jim Varney as Slinky Dog because Jim Varney sadly passed away in the year 2000. Uh, mm. Michael Keaton. Uh, Ken of Barbie and yep. Ken. And Timothy Dalton. He plays, I don't know his name, but he's the hedgehog toy. Yeah, Mr. Pricklepants is his name. Yeah. Uh, Christian Shawl. She is uh, Trixie the T-Rex. Yep. Uh, she's a Triceratops, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. Jeff Garland. Uh, he's the unicorn, right? Buttercup. Yep. Buttercup. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Um, who's Whoopi Goldberg? Uh, Stretch the octopus. All right, yep. Like, she literally has, like, two lines. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> same with, like, Richard Kind. Who, who, oh, he's the glowworm, the bookworm. Yeah, the bookworm, yeah. And Bud Lucky. Um, I don't know. Who's he? He's the um, the clown. Uh, Chuckles. He's also, he's the voice of Bounden. Um, right. Well, who so, plays Dolly? Isn't that someone, isn't it like Jodie Foster or something? Oh, uh, Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt, yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Um... One thing that's that's cool about Pixar films as well, and like, and you can see it in this as well, is that they always cast based on what's cool in TV at the time. Mm. Like, because I mean, Tom Hanks was obviously like a big movie star, but like Tim Allen was in the middle of Home Improvement yeah. during the first one. Uh, Laurie Metcalf was in the middle of Roseanne, um, and then the like second one, you know, Fraser Fraser's on the air, so mm. then Kelsey Grammer. You got Wayne Knight from Seinfeld, yeah, and then. Even like in the third one, you get Christian Shaw from Fly the Concords and Jeff Garland from Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you look at any Pixar film pretty much and you can tell what was popular on TV at the time. Mm. That's cool. I remember there was a a joke in Home Improvement um, where it was a Halloween episode and- Tim opens the door and there's a kid dressed as Buzz Lightyear and I think there's a kid dressed as Simba as well who was played mm. by Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas answers the door. Oh, okay. And like he gives to... No, no, sorry. I've got two different jokes mixed up. Jonathan Taylor Thomas gives candy to the Sim- Simba kid and in a completely separate episode, Tim Allen's playing with a Buzz Lightyear doll. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, because um, yeah. 
Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, there, there is a, a Buzz Lightyear and a Simba come to the oh, door okay. in Halloween. And then Jonathan Taylor Thomas is like, um, turn for the cute little lion and none for the space ranger. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so now that you're now that you, the audience, are fully immersed in the episode, we can hit you with some random trivia relating specifically only to our podcast. Mm. Um, so I haven't really got much. This is, I think, our twelfth trilogy. Okay, uh, it's our second Pixar franchise. We've covered. Mm-hmm. We've done Monsters Inc. Check that out if you want to listen to us sounding like we're underwater because it has terrible audio quality, but it is also one of our most listened to episodes. Mm, I think it's um, knocked out of the top ten now, though. Uh, it used to be phew. in the top ten. <laughs> Um, and also, fun fact, and we'll cover this more later, but this is the second trilogy we've covered, which won't be a trilogy this time next year. Yeah. With Pupstar, because Pupstar is getting a new film next month, and Toy Story 4 has come, spoiler alert, is coming out mm. in June next year. This is the first time we've mentioned on pod that Pupstar is getting a new um, film, but if you do follow us on Twitter, you will see us... <laughs> for over a couple of weeks there we were hounding no pun intended put the pup star twitter hey. to try and get any any modicum of a response and they didn't even retweet us <laughs> like they did, they did not interact with us at all on twitter so yeah. but like they're not it's not like they don't interact with anyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've they've seen our tweets yeah. clearly they only they have like um, less followers than us so it's not like yeah <laughs> um so, AJ, do you want to get emotional first or factual first? Um, let's get factual first. Let's get factual. Yeah. I want to get factual. Okay. Uh, that didn't land, but all right. Um, <laughs> it so- landed. It <laughs> fell with style. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, also, yeah, so I'm hoping that you, the listener, like- have seen toy story because this is i feel like this is one of the franchises where we don't need to like hold your hand through it Mm. this is this is required reading for film franchise fortnights yeah because there's some (laughs) like when when we cover a franchise like um hellraiser you know we're assuming that no one listening to this has seen them and you want you want to be like oh there's 10 of those like fuck yeah whereas like toy story this is one where it's like you're in for the ride you know you know what these are about come on don't don't fucking kid yourself yeah um, so Toy Story was, of course, the first feature-length 3D animated film. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, John Lasseter, the director and the creative uh, voice behind it, um, he tried to originally pitch The Brave Little Toaster as a fully computer-animated film to Disney, but the idea was rejected and John Lasseter was fired. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how it's written on Wikipedia. <laughs> they're, they're just like, no, <laughs> get out. <laughs> it's not even like that that crazy of an idea but it's like that's such a bad idea that you are gone (laughs) Uh, but then he he left Disney and um, was one of the founding members of Pixar which was purchased by Apple and Steve Jobs Mm -hmm. there he made a film called Tin Toy which is from the point of view of a toy it won Best Animated Short at the 1988 Academy Awards and then after that was so after he won an Oscar Disney were like fuck (laughs) and they were like we need to get John Lasseter back so he was like I can either go back to Disney and just be a director or I can stay at Pixar and be a god Mm. Um, and I actually said that he could stay at the Pixar and make history, he felt. Mm. So let's get into the development of Toy Story. Mm-hmm. 
So originally it followed Tinny, which was the tin toy from Tin Toy, and the villainous Woody, oh, mm. a ventriloquist doll who was like a ruthless dictator that all the toys would rally against. Eventually they were like, tin toys are stupid and, and old, so they, they made him into a little um, a little space ranger called Lunar Larry. Okay. And of course, that Lunar Larry was soon renamed to tempest from morph <laughs> stop us and film <laughs> history was made <laughs> we just we need to get to buzz Lightyear. we need to get to you know what i mean like, like it's yeah. so it feels like we're so far away from from a good idea yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well eventually yeah it was renamed buzz Lightyear um after buzz aldrin mm-hmm. and Lightyear after how long far light can travel in a year um <laughs> Uh, and then it was actually Bud Lucky who I mentioned earlier. Um, he suggested making Woody a cowboy, and they were like, "Fuck yeah, sci-fi and western like mash them together. Mm, cool, That's cool. a great idea." Um, I mean, that doesn't play in the film too much, but, but yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Terms like, of well, just even just the um, yeah, the juxtaposition of the two characters yes, works sure. well. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, Joss Whedon came on board. Joss Whedon, you guys might recognise from um, ruining Justice League. Ruining, um, <coughs> making it worse. Nah, um, <laughs> the like the shit posting groups that I, I follow blame Joss Whedon. Oh, okay, um, but anyway, he, he you know did the Avengers and and Buffy and and whatnot. But he, uh, so he came in and did some rewrites, including um, pitching the idea to give the toys voices. No. Apparently, I that's one of those things I've I, I've only seen like in one place, but I haven't I can't find other even so that may or may not be true, but that's ridiculous if it is. So <laughs> they just still, they were and still reading the script and being like, yeah, huh? What if they were? What if they could talk? They were still alive though. They would still move around and interact, presumably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Okay, so it's not like it was like a a um a Kuleshov effect movie where it's like you just film the toys (laughs) static reading you know off each other and then uh you the audience in like infer emotion from the yeah from the way i don't know if it could Um, be a trilogy of 90 minute movies (laughs) yeah and like a you know almost perfect game on um on ron tomatoes (laughs) yeah 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 um so he um some confirmed like changes and stuff apparently the the script was horrendous when he got to it and there there was a lot of um during development woody was just like this bitter sarcastic prick the mm-hmm. whole time and and he joss whedon helped him transform into the lovable woody he is today and there is a lot of bitterness and jealousy in the first film as well yeah but it, it's it's likable but if you really sit down and analyze woody's behavior a lot of it is kind of like mean-spirited woody's kind of the villain of toy story in a lot of ways yeah well i mean sid's the villain yeah but sid story, but. sid in in our world as just a creative kid you know breaking his own property like yeah, yeah he didn't realize that these they were sentient yeah yeah um but yeah so um apparently there was discussion about making the film a musical oh, yeah. and joss whedon said no no because there's actually really good reading his reasons why because he's like this is a a buddy film about two characters who aren't willing to admit what they want so they're not just going to sing about what they want right i like it yeah and um he 
he made the decision that um, Buzz is unaware that he's a toy. Mm-hmm. And he also added the character of Rex. Oh, cool. Buzz not being aware he's a toy might be like one of the most famous um, Reddit shower thoughts of all time, right? Yeah. So let's talk about it now. All right. So <laughs> did you want okay, me to take it? I could say yeah, okay. No, okay, so yeah. the, the 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 joke goes that if all so all the toys you've seen Toy Story, but I'm so used to explaining <laughs> every little piece of a film on this podcast. So um the toys they can't let humans know that they're sentient. So whenever Andy comes into the room they go back to wherever they were left and they become inanimate again or at least fake being inanimate um buzz however believes he is actually a space ranger on another planet um and doesn't think he's a toy and yet when andy is in the room like the others he becomes inanimate again um and to nix the first theory uh it is not involuntary they choose to be inanimate because later on in the film the way that woody takes down sid is that he talks to him and freaks him out so it is a choice that buzz makes to be inanimate despite thinking he's an actual space ranger right i don't think that necessarily debunks it okay um because i mean i'm i'm happy to accept the fact that it's a reflex right um and i mean like and that makes like the point that woody speaks to sit at the end and freaks him out you know that's like more special that like oh my god a toy has done this Mm. because it's just like unheard of yeah um also the other thing is that like i mean it's, it's not something i'm like oh it breaks the film and people are like yeah i can't enjoy toy story anymore because of it like it's um either that or he's just imitating what everyone else is doing because he's under strange land like and it's not like you know like toys might have this like inherent knowledge that this is a thing you do especially if he's been in uh like hypersleep or whatever he calls it um in his box he's aware of doing that freezing and appearing as to be a toy mm-hmm. so he sees everyone else do that and and does it as well yeah it'd be like if you landed on a on a strange planet and feet cut start coming out the doors and everyone just raises their right hand you would just do it as well yeah 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 because totally. it's it's not like oh they're pretending to be asleep how do i do that it's just something that everyone knows how to do yeah totally sorry if i've offended anyone who doesn't have a right hand <laughs> you definitely you definitely did um so, I, do you mind if I go, take us off on a tangent here? Something that I prepared that's related yes. to what we were just talking about. Um, this could be real bad, and if it's not good content, we'll just cut it out of the episode. So, <laughs> okay. um, so I was thinking about that, about the the old, oh, how does Buzz know to freeze or become inanimate if he thinks he's a real person? And personally, I think there are some much more pressing questions about the toy story universe Um, okay let's try and answer them on a new segment i like to call i have some questions is the name of the segment this this won't be a a, like a a every episode segment i thought if this works it could be a fun one to do for particularly heavy world building in films just to like pick it apart (laughs) so i have a few more questions about toy story um and we're we're gonna answer them together whether there be an actual answer or a funny answer or just a yes or no answer so the first one i wrote down is do the batteries 
give the toys life like if a toy has no batteries are they dead because while the toys are panicking about andy's party woody comments save your batteries guys um and then later while racing rc the remote control car um towards the moving truck rc runs out of battery and looks like visually distressed and tired and like it's it's taking it out of him so what do you think uh i think yes I think this is a yes. It does give them life. In um, Toy Story 3, when Lotso's giving them a tour of the daycare, he mentions they're like uh, relaxation facilities and they've got a spa there. And he says we've got like more like batteries to last like 100 lifetimes or something like that. Nice. Something along those lines. So, yeah, I think... There are toys that don't have batteries. So is it it a a case of like... um, Toys with batteries need the batteries to stay alive, but toys without it don't need them. Like, is well, it- okay, well, then actually, just thinking about it, because like Woody has batteries to run his voice box, his because mm. he's got a pull string on the back of him, and um, so would he? <laughs> would he? <laughs> would he? Um, <laughs> like, would he still be able to move and just not, you know, pull string or? Would he just? I die? think he would. I reckon. We t- I reckon it's the strictly plastic, non-plush toys like RC, or maybe even Buzz, who need batteries to move because their their arms and their limbs aren't um, malleable. Whereas Woody's yeah. got fluffy, fluffy, squishy, plushy. Yeah. Well, because we see um, Buzz with by and large batteries and yeah, true, true, true. All right. My next question is: How can the toy soldiers see through their binoculars? So. The little green army men, um, not the little, not to be confused with the little green men who are different characters. Um, they, well. they, they, um, in the first movie, while they're spying on Andy's party and like talking through the um, walkie-talkie, uh, the the sergeant um, who we talked about before, he looks through his binoculars to see, and we see through his perspective the presence that he's that he's spying on. Um, but we also see that the binoculars are solid plastic. So do the army toys possess the ability to see through the binoculars because they serve a purpose for that particular toy? And if that's true, why doesn't Buzz's laser work on other toys? You know? What do you mean about Buzz's laser, sorry? Well, so if the the binoculars are solid plastic, they're not actual binoculars, but they work for the sergeant as binoculars. So therefore we can glean that if a object made for the toy works for the toy then that that, right then buzz's laser should be deadly yeah yeah right okay um once again i'm gonna have to disagree with you um the because the um the binoculars aren't something that he's holding Mm. it's it's an extension of his hand ah okay cool because they're, they're fused to him so um you know, if you say how can he not, how can he look through them, then you have to be like, well, how can he see? Because he he doesn't have eyes; he's just molded plastic. That's and cool. then you have to go. He's just a toy; he shouldn't be able to move. And yeah. the whole argument. That's like well, yeah. So the theory that it, um, the cars and the cars movies are actually giant bugs and um, and shells. <laughs> like, and if you take off the the armor, they're just like squishy flesh monsters because they've got like eyelids. So there's some organic um, materials in there. <laughs> Cool, cool. Um, yes, so I think because yeah, the, the same ability that allows them to see and move mm-hmm. allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got two more questions for now, and maybe we can come back to it after a little bit. Maybe we can keep 
dropping into yep. this section. Um, yep. So the next two questions I've got. Um, does RC's controller override its own ability to move independently? Yep. We see that happen. Yep. Cool, cool. So does that apply to other toys? With I guess a remote control toys are a specific kind, like a niche kind of toy, so it's not going to... Yep. We also see... Um, Buzz, uh, Woody activating Buzz's karate chop action, mm. which he seems to have no control mm. over. So it's like um, hammering someone's knee. <laughs> like, that was a weird yeah, way yeah, to put yeah. that. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a reflex yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing. But yeah, we see RC, he's sleeping and then he's woken up by the controller. Mm. So it's not him observing and reacting to it. It's it's mm. involuntary. Yeah. Uh, and the last question for now, do the toys feel pain when they're pretending to be inanimate? Because they do feel pain. Because Woody gets the burn on the forehead, for example, mm-hmm. um, from the the the, mic, uh, the what's it called a, a magnifying magnifying glass, glass. Um, and he reacts after he beca- after Sid leaves and he can become animated again. So, what do you think? There's a um, there's a a reflex that is so strong to not show humans that you're living that you can even withstand the most intense pain while you're in inanimate mode yeah i have wondered about this and this is your first question that's kind of something <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean i guess it's either that they don't feel it or the um the reflex to act like a toy is so strong that they don't hmm. yeah, yeah they, they they don't react which again emphasizes the end of the first toy story when woody overrides that Hmm. nice there you go all right cool that was my questions for now um i like this segment because toy story like is asking for it because toy story puts um specific emphasis on the rules of the universe at times like one thing i thought was real interesting even when i saw it in 2010 was in toy story 3 when you see when it shows you Mrs. Potato Head loses one eye and they they show the science of it almost, of how she can see through two different eyes in two different places. Yeah. Like she sees like ghostly figments of characters from the missing eye and like it zooms in through her eye socket and we, you know, like so it's not yeah. like it's just, you can't just be like, oh, it's just a movie because it's like, no, because they answer other shit. They like, It's you know. more than a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's more. All right, continue with your, your script then. Let's go. What's the next thing? <laughs> i don't have a screw this is all off the cuff <laughs> um but yeah so uh, i want to talk about aj what does toy story mean to you to me or what does toy story mean <laughs> um, uh to me i don't understand the title can you explain it to me yeah so for me specifically, um, Toy Story One was always a movie growing up. It was one of the, the VHS tapes we had. So Look, you know, it was always a movie growing up. <laughs> <laughs> it never wasn't a movie. Okay. Um, I mean, I was born in '93, so it came out '95, right? So pretty, yeah. pretty much always there. Um, and you know, I would have watched it hundreds of times as, as a small child, which is awesome. That of all the movies that I watched heaps as a kid, that something as precious to me now as Toy Story that still holds up as one of them. Um, yeah, yeah. And as I grew older, um, my interest in storytelling was always like being nurtured through the various things I was experiencing. And to this day, like I would say, "What AJ? What do you do?" I'd be like, "I'm a writer." I guess I would like to be. I'm not 
I like how you, you still, even in like a hypothetical scenario, you go, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm a writer. Or I'd, I'd like, like one of my dreams is to be like a professional writer. And so yeah, storytelling. Because I guess if, if, it, if it's like an actual writer asking you. Yeah. And they're like, oh, cool, yeah, I'm a writer as well. Like, here are my novels and screenplays yeah, yeah. Um, that have been produced in Hollywood. You'd yeah. be like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm more mean I like telling stories. Yeah, like, here's my <laughs> here's my video essay that I made that has 350 views on YouTube. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, this is all to say that, especially through my teenage years, to- uh, Toy Story, to- to storytelling, toys or not, um, were <laughs> became quite important to me and then to it was either my final years of high school or just after I left high school that the famous Pixar's 22 rules of storytelling came out and yep. that you know if you haven't seen it look it up they're basically 22 tips or rules of how to tell seamless perfect stories kind of thing and you Should, can do we want to go over them now probably not I think there's a hundred podcasts that go over them um but basically well, now there's 101 rule one <laughs> basically reading these 22 rules it, it like awakened a realization inside me that i always kind of i always kind of knew this but seeing these on paper written out i was like oh shit like pixar are the best in the business at this yeah and so my appreciation for pixar grew very strong and um a, a few years back, I actually watched every single Pixar movie like over a course of a couple of weeks just to like experience that storytelling and, and appreciate it as like auteurs of the craft. And for for you and me, Richard, I think the fact that we are so entrenched in the format of franchises and the storytelling um, benefits and deficits of a franchise that, you know, more often than not a sequel is bad and if the sequel's good you best believe the third film is gonna wreck it all you know like there are Mm. that's that's almost more classic than a bad sequel as two good films and a bad third film like that's that's such a reliable formula and so as a sort of set of the start for me toy story is very special because it, again, I don't know if I'd say it gets better, but it maintains a constant level of quality where you're never disappointed by the next movie in the series. Yeah. And so it's this anomaly. It's this proof because I love the idea of a franchise and it's at odds with my understanding that sequels are often real bad because I kind of crave looking for that really good sequel you know how what makes a good sequel because we're only just starting to get theory on what makes a good sequel what makes a good third part of a a trilogy it's even harder to to nail down and i think there are lessons to be learned from the toy story trilogy i think um there is just there's just so much in there there's so much theory and and um yeah lessons and quality in the toy story trilogy that i feel it is an anomaly in the wider world of franchises and storytelling yeah yeah me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right uh so toy story 2 now well for me i remember i remember getting toy story on vhs Mm -hmm. and in my mind it's probably it's like the earliest film i remember watching Mm mm-hmm Cool. And um, I mean, I don't know if it, it would probably wouldn't have been the first film I ever saw, but it's the first film I remember watching and I didn't get a chance to see it in the cinema. And I always like my, my parents were always very like apologetic for that, you know, because of how much I loved it. Um, and so opening night, we went to go see Toy Story 2 kind of thing. And 
and also the other thing that, that's great about this franchise is that they all take place in present day like they all uh, uh, debatable with the second one a little bit but they uh, mainly with the third one the gap is is how how long it's been and, and we were that age yeah. so like toy story 3 which is about um which is about you know leaving high school and moving off to college came out of my last year of high school hmm. and so it was like yeah, this this profound experience, but I guess we'll talk more about that when we get to Toy Story Three. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the the needless to say, this is one of those like very important films in in my development, and similar to like Back to the Future, which I actually rewatched um, this week as well. It, it, the, these movies that are so good and so like obviously two of the not only my favorite films but the best films i've ever seen that like they they almost don't come to mind when you ask me about good films or like like Mm. if you were like oh what's what are like what's the best movie of all time it's like i don't even have to say toy story and back to the future because it's like they're so obviously number one and two that it's like okay what's third Mm. yeah for me anyway yeah no i i agree and um I had always last time I rewatched all of Pixar, I was trying to be real controversial with the, the opinions I told. Like, like I've been a long time denier of Ratatouille. Like, I'm like Ratatouille is ridiculous. It's like so low down on my list of of my favorite Pixar films and stuff like that, which I've I've somewhat recanted on recently, but still kind of hold true. But one of the things <laughs> I always thought about Toy Story one was I was like. It always really annoyed me when people would be like, oh, Toy Story is my favorite Pixar movie because I feel like the people at Pixar would be really offended by that. Like, oh, our Having f- it be the first one. Yeah, our first yeah. attempt is your favorite. And so I was always kind of being like, the sequels are so much better than than Toy Story 1. And, but then watching it a couple... I would have been about 18 when I last watched it. Watching it at 25... I was like, this is so much better than I remember it being. But it's still good. It was still good in my memory. But watching it now, like the the little um the little bits and pieces that he says, like I mentioned before, how he's like, save your batteries, guys. You know, I was like, I don't remember this line from when I last watched it. I don't remember like him talking about the different um meetings they were gonna have as a community like community meetings that were like distinctly related to being a toy. Like I think it's in the third one you hear they're gonna have a meeting on what to do if you or part of you is swallowed which is like it's like great this is the stuff that a community of toys would talk about and you know so i love that yeah about there's it. um and and like the animation holds up mm, totally like way better than some movies that came after it yeah yeah um and i think part of that was um pixar especially knowing their limitations like i was mm. reading so they uh, because obviously it was very limited in terms of what you could do in 1995 mm-hmm. um, because this is the first one to do it and it's and it's crazy that it, again it's like not only is this the first pixar film but it's the first 3d animated film it's still like one of the best yeah yeah but um so there was like three things that they couldn't do at the time so one was um explosions like they, they just didn't have the computing power to generate explosions. So when you see Combat Carl explode, it cuts back to the reaction shot. We just see debris fly out. Mm. Um, also, hair. All the characters have short hair, um, or they like like Sid's got like a buzz cut, and Andy's got real short hair as well. And um, Andy's mum has like a ponytail, mm-hmm. and so which is easy to animate rather than like flowing hair. And also, there's no liquids in the entire film hmm. yeah. because um, when 
Uh, you mentioned before, uh, Woody gets a burn on his forehead. He dunks his head in a bowl of cereal, but you never see the cereal. You never see the liquid because it, they, ah, it's too hard to animate. True. True, true. That's awesome. Uh, it's just a couple more things I want to bring up. We talked about the cast earlier, but um, we did um, almost get a, a different cast. So Paul Newman was originally considered for Woody, who ended up taking the role of Doc Hudson in Cars, but he died in 2008, so it's a good thing that they made um, that he wasn't cast so he wouldn't have got a Toy Story 3. Um, and he would have starred opposite Jim Carrey as Buzz, which would have been like old Hollywood meets new Hollywood, subtle right. subtext to it. Um, but eventually, they, they were too expensive, so they had to get cheaper people because they had such a low budget. But um, Billy Crystal turned down Buzz as well, and he says it's the biggest mistake of his career. And apparently John Lasseter eventually called him up um, to obviously ask for Mike Wazowski, and Billy's wife answered the phone and was like, oh, Billy, um, John Lasseter wants to speak to you. And he's like, grabbed the phone. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so, that must be so exciting as an yeah. actor. Um, no, I think, and- I think it's a, it is a, um, uh, planets are aligned situation that we got the cast we did because even someone like Tim Allen, who you wouldn't really say is like, in the spotlight as much anymore certainly not as much yeah. as tom hanks but he does a he does a great job like he he's yeah, really yeah. good as 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 buzz and i love i love tom hanks as woody i think watching it this time i really appreciated wallace sean as rex more so oh than i have gosh, before yes. i think wallace sean is the actor you show non-actors if you're filming them and trying to get them to figure out how to act i was doing um years ago i was in like this short film and the director was trying to get a non-actor who was playing one of the main characters because it was like a no-budget thing um, to react to his friend being stabbed. And the, the the kid who would have been about thirteen was going like, "Oh, you 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 stabbed my friend!" And then the director just looks at him and goes, "You stabbed my friend!" And then he's like, "Oh, okay." And and watching this it's with with wallace sean as rex it's actually that it's we love you woody like it's it's wallace sorry if i'm peeking on the mic i'm sure it has but <laughs> um it's actually you can see wallace sean in the vocal booth and i want to guess with no prompting from a director he's just that good knowing the, li- <laughs> the line isn't we love you woody it's we love you woody like yelling after him you know what i mean like it's 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 so good at like um, letting go of your inhibitions because you're an animated character, so already you've got to be exaggerated. Like, mm. yeah, letting you've go got of to be your a inhibitions. Bit more yeah, yeah, <laughs> and going into it and just screaming a line and knowing why you're a good actor, knowing why you are playing this character, knowing your character. Rex is a mm, Rex. I almost want to do a little video on on Rex specifically, just because he's <laughs> such a well crafted character. Um. But yeah, as you say, the stars did align. And it's weird because you don't really think of... I mean, if it wasn't for this movie, you would never think of like Tom Hanks as Tim Allen as being anywhere in this, like, the same. Um, but, but yeah, um, Tom Hanks said he took the role because he used to wonder if his toys came alive. That's awesome, um, man. And also, um, Tim Allen took the role because he found out that his idol, Chevy Chase, was offered it and turned it down. Mm. Um, and so he was like, fuck, if they thought about Chevy Chase and now they want me, like, fuck yeah. But also mm. another fun bit of casting. Um, do you remember that song, um, Seven Years by Lucas Graham? Once I was uh, no, seven years old, my mama told oh, yeah. me go. So that's Lucas Graham's a band, not just a guy, but the lead singer is called Lucas Fortchama, and he voiced Andy in the Danish dub of Toy Story. <laughs> fun. 
Um, before we move on to Toy Story 2, mm-hmm. I do just want to give a shout out to one of my all-time favorite lines in a film. Mm-hmm. When um, Woody wakes up in the toy chest and he wakes up in the morning and he hasn't got his hat on and a shark pops up wearing his hat and he goes, look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And it <laughs> makes me laugh every time, even just thinking about it. It's it's a line you appreciate as an adult, I think, more than a kid because it's it's so absurd and like just pointless and silly that as a kid, it's like one of the many things that makes Toy Story great, but as an adult, yeah, it's like, I, what the, like seeing it isolated is like so funny. It's so funny. But do you know that's actually a reference to a Far Side cartoon? <laughs> of course it is. There's a, it's like a vulture is eating a cowboy and is wearing a hat. He's like, look, I'm a cowboy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Right. Right. I see. So, yeah. Shall well, I so do anyway. some more questions before we move on? Yes. Sweet. How many have you got? Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six more. <laughs> okay, sweet. You give us um, three more. All right. Um, what does Rex vomit? <laughs> so when the toys, are, <laughs> this is in the first film, when the toys are talking to Woody from Sid's bedroom window um, and he's using Buzz's dislocated arm, which they soon discover is his dislocated arm when he slips up, um, upon seeing such a horrific sight of Buzz's arm removed from Buzz, Rex can be seen like his hands go to his mouth and he's like, and then he moves off screen and starts like heaving. Is he vomiting? Mm. Did, did he eat something? What, what is happening? Uh, yeah, well, either I'd say either he's eaten something, and I, I don't think he necessarily would digest it. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think it's probably, again, I don't I think maybe just nothing. Maybe he's just making that noise. It's a muscle. It's a, yeah, it's like a, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's learned behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's imitating Sunday's mm. scene. All right, my la- my second question is: uh, Are the toys super strong? Because in that same scene, um, Woody demonstrates that he's like way stronger than his than his size because he successfully throws the Christmas lights from Sid's window to Andy's window, which is a distance of about twenty feet, which I couldn't throw. <laughs> if I, tried. I, I probably could, but yeah. <laughs> Um, and another example is when he opens the moving truck's cargo door, um, which I could do, yeah. but he's still pretty small. And there's- yeah, that that is animated though. Like it's like a just needs a little bit of a thing, and then it flips. Right. Up. Okay. Sure. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Do you think the toys are, are stronger than than like you know like relative to a human? If a human was that size, no, I think they're probably. Uh- Right, 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 right. I get what you mean. Um, I think maybe they have normal human strength. Like Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is because... Yeah. Sweet. That's I think good. it's one of those things like like outside of the rules of the world, they are just as strong as they need to be. Right, yeah. Cool. Like there's never really... A t- there's, a, there's a couple of times when, they, when they're not strong enough to do something, but it's not because you're a toy. It's because the thing's really fucking heavy. Yeah, yeah. It's because you're a toy and you can't fly. Um, <laughs> my last question for now is, does Bo Peep wear lipstick? Um, at the end of the first film, when Woody gets kissed by Bo Peep, he's covered in lipstick marks. What's going on there, Richard? 
Maybe I think the um, the porcelain lamp that is Bo Peep was just poorly painted, <laughs> and it's rubbing. She's off. like scraping her porcelain lips. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet ass, cool. All right, let's do the next one. At all right, so Toy one Story hour. Two. Oh, was- this is going to be a long episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Toy Story Two. It's Pixar's first sequel. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Um, so. The development of this film. Shortly after the release of Toy Story 1, uh, John Lasseter saw a young boy clutching a Woody doll at an airport and realized that these characters were no longer his. And so Mm. production began on Toy Story 2. Initially, it was very uncertain um, what would happen. They decided that they're doing a sequel before they knew if Hanks and Alan would return or if they'd even be able to do it in 3D animation. So. It was developed as a direct-to-video sequel, but uh, Disney execs were so impressed that they decided to release it in theaters. But there is this whole thing of, like, um, Disney were, like... Had, they, they, Disney and Pixar made a deal where it was, like, you have to make five films for us, and eventually this they, this became one of them, and then the Disney were like, no, we need five original films because we need five new Right, lots of characters, kind of thing. So this yeah, doesn't yeah. count. You're making this, out, and we still have to make more. Um, but I think we'll get more to that in Toy Story three um, when we talk about that. But uh, yeah, the kind of idea for apparently Al McWiggin mm-hmm. uh, was in a draft of Toy Story one at some point. I'm not sure what kind of role he would have played, but they came up with the idea of like if a toy. Like the the thing it most wants is to be played with, and it hates not being played with. How would a toy feel about being a collector's item? Cool, and having to stay inside the box. Oh, it's and, and so like. good, man. That's yeah. so. Also, just quickly, um, Al's toy barn features in the commercial for the Buzz Lightyear doll in Toy Story One. Nice. Yeah. So does the and noise. Evil Emperor Zerg is referenced as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, another hack up in the development of this film. Um, in 1998, some fucking idiot was um, was going through. There's a command on the computers at Pixar, which is RM asterisk, which um, deletes everything as quick as it can. And um, it started deleting their root folder of, the, of Toy Story 2 assets. So they were like, fuck, and rang you know, another department, like unplug everything yeah. and they unplugged it. But then when they plugged everything back in, um, they'd lost about 90% of the film. So like, okay, sweet. This is what we have backups. The backups have been failing for months without realizing it. And they were like, fuck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, were, they were like, if we have like 30 people working for like a, a few years, we could probably get it back to where we were. But turns out the technical director had just had a baby and had taken a copy of the film home a couple of days earlier and was working on it. So they like drove to her house, took her computer, wrapped it in blankets and seatbelts, like <laughs> sat there straddling it, driving back at like uh, 30k back to the office. <laughs> you know, those close calls you experience in life where it's like, looking back, it's a cool story, but I, I don't want to experience something that yeah. intense again. <laughs> yeah. Imagine doing that, but with actually like Disney breathing down your neck, being like, you have to f- release a film next year. Um, but they ended up only losing about two days work. That's so, awesome, man. Bullet fucking dodged. But people were working like 48-hour long shifts to get this film done, yeah. apparently. Yeah. And people were just like sitting there working and just bursting into tears because they were so exhausted. Wow. Sounds well, like it was fucking hell to work on this film. It was good, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was um, thinking, when I watched them this time, I think 
Toy Story 2, I, I don't think it's the best one. As I said, I think they're all equal, but I think it's my favourite at the moment anyway. I think maybe oh, because yeah. I'm so into pop culture and media and especially like uh, movies within movies and stuff that like the expanded lore of Woody's brand, I'm really into stuff like that, like learning yeah. that he's part of a TV show and he has other characters and, and stuff like that. I think it's really it really um, relates to me, I guess. Yeah, and like, you know the scene where like um, Woody sees all the Woody's Roundup stuff with all his face on it? And he's mm. like, oh, it's this. Apparently, they actually made all of those toys and just brought Tom Hanks into a room with them. That's and awesome. And like him reacting to them. <laughs> um, but that's pretty cool. Another, um, this film has another shower thought mm-hmm. uh, to go with it. Yep. Do you know this one? I don't. You do. What is it? Um, Remind me. Well, basically, we see, uh, we meet Jesse in this film and Jesse tells the story of how she was abandoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had it's to Sarah McLaughlin's she when she loved me, uh, written by Randy Newman. who did all the music for these songs for these films. Yeah. But um, basically, it tells the story of her owner Emily, who they were best buds with. She was obsessed with um, cowgirls, and then she basically she outgrew her, and then ended up donating her uh, where she was presumably bought by Al McWigan. Um, the theory is that. Emily is Andy's mom. Mum. Mm. So, uh, yeah, well, I think have, I have, have heard this before, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I guess, yeah, like, because what, what is there any more, like, backup okay. theory well, so, th- so this is the supporting evidence. Um, basically, well, one is just the timeline. So there's, like, all these groovy posters and stuff like that. Um, so it, it takes place in, like, 60s, 70s, which would put her at the right age to be Andy's mum in 1995. Yeah. And also the the big thing is that Andy's hat, which he's had since the first film, isn't doesn't match Woody's hat. It matches Jesse's hat, right? So Jess, like Woody has a brown. It's completely brown. It's pointed, and it's got brown stitching on it. Whereas Woody uh, Jesse has like a redder hat with with red um, stitching around it, mm-hmm. and um, Andy's is the same. But um, we see Jesse's hat in the flashbacks with Emily and it's got a white um, like strip of lace around it um, well ribbon sorry and Andy's has a faded strip where the ribbon would have been Mm. this feels this is starting to feel less like a theory and more like an intentional easter egg left in there yeah so that's that's the thing Uh, there is the other thing that I've never seen pointed out but for me I was like is that uh, when Andy gets home and he's found that he's got Jesse and Bullseye um, on the bed and he's got these new toys, he's like, it's Bazooka Jane and her rocket-powered horse. But by the end of Toy Story 3, he refers to her as Jesse. Does he? So, oh, yeah, yeah, he does, because he's, he's, he's like, this is away. Jesse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a, the most likely explanation is that one of her pull string quotes says hi i'm jesse because woody one of woody's um says his says his name um but you know maybe andy's mum was like oh my fucking god this is a jesse doll Mm. probably wouldn't say that to her son but um (laughs) (laughs) andy holy shit jesus christ it's just (laughs) and all fucking cheese god damn it Um, andy where the the fuck did you get this from (laughs) um yeah it'd be like oh my gosh this is a this is a jesse doll i had one of these when i was young Mm mm-hmm um, 
but yeah, no, could be, could mm. be. Mm. All right. Um, well, uh, in terms of dodged bullets, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Short almost voiced Bullseye. Okay. Um, but then they're like, no, nah, he should be like a puppy and not talk. Yeah, that's fine. I, I don't think I would mind yeah. either way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really like Martin Short. Oh, okay. So that's why it's a dodge bullet. Of, yeah. Um, and uh, another interesting thing. Um, Stinky Pete is kind of prophetic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because he, when they're like getting their revenge on him, he, he says that they'll end up in a, he's like, you go, you'll end up in a landfill. And mm. where do they end up in Toy Story 3? A landfill. Yep. And when um, he goes, he says like, come on, Woody, do you really think Andy's going to take you to college or on his honeymoon? And that's the the conflict of Toy Story 3. And mm. he also says um, like, you know, children shouldn't play with toys because children destroy toys, which again is demonstrated in Toy Story 3. Mm. Very cool. So does this mean that <laughs> Stinky Pete is like some kind of time traveller? <laughs> this is the next Reddit shower thought. Um, <laughs> okay, That's well, my impression oh, of you, AJ. Oh, okay. I I don't assume you're making fun of me with everything you say, but maybe I should. Um, <laughs> on the topic of Stinky Pete, it, who's the better villain, Stinky Pete or Lotso? Um... Like, it's obviously not Sid, so out of the two better villains in the Toy Story trilogy. Which yeah, it? well, it's interesting because they're both charming Southerners, mm. but who initially are supposed to, we're supposed to think are, you know, nice. Yeah. But you, um, I'd say Lotso's a better villain. Okay. Because, like, in terms of his villainy, mm. he's probably, he's, he's worse. Yeah. And also, they they don't. We have more time with him as a villain as well because right. with Stinky Pete, we get the traditional Disney villain twist, which by the time you get to something like Coco, is so predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lotso, he's introduced as a good guy, but then in his second scene, we immediately see that he's got he's yeah. not all he's cracked up to be. So it's not really a twist, and it was advertised that way as well yeah. to be to have him be the villain. Okay, no, that's cool. Um, do you like? W- w- do you think it's cool that like Pixar was doing sympathetic villains, like like instinctively doing sympathetic villains, like before Thanos? <laughs> like obviously Thanos wasn't the first <laughs> wasn't the first sympathetic villain, but it's like I feel like uh, the- imagine being like. <laughs> Like, who's the kind of person that's like sympathetic villain started with Thanos? (laughs) No, but I think the idea of a sympathetic villain has entered public consciousness a bit more after Thanos. Like, I hear my non-film buff friends talk about how they kind of agreed with Thanos, you know? And it's like... Right. Yeah. So what what I'm saying is it's like (laughs) the Marvel Cinematic Universe got a lot of shit for not um, having good villains for like you know 13 films or so and then they find they oh let's make them sympathetic i don't know for me starting with black panther it felt like a very um a very intentional choice to make their villains a bit more three-dimensional but like what with, about well i mean not even necessarily like because we had vulture before that as well exactly well yeah, sure but, but same same yeah right so like the well 
it's it's yeah, so, yeah same it's, 12 month period yeah yeah, yeah. Same calendar year yeah it's cool that um <laughs> that you especially in something like um toy story 2 you learn the motivations of stinky pete before you learn he's even a villain you know and so it's yeah, it's yeah, cool yeah, that's, that, that that's a good way yeah, good yeah point. they're not even um they're not just bad for the sake of being bad which you could probably say about sid although whether or not he's bad is up for discussion um it's like these 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 guys really want a certain destiny because the alternative it terrifies them and that's why they're villains it's it's like the the good guys winning means that the bad guys don't get a happy ending you know it's it's, yeah. it's complex stuff man um I do just want to. I'll, I'm going to ask you a question, but I also want to. Um, uh, just we've talked before in the past about like dumb IMDb trivia, mm-hmm. and this one, oh boy, howdy, it almost takes the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is verbatim what it says on the. So you go. To, this is for Toy Story Two mm-hmm. um, trivia section. Mm-hmm. It says this. She has red hair and a red hat. Meanwhile, Woody has brown hair and a brown hat. It is unknown if this was done on purpose or just a coincidence. Wow. Now, starting it with she has red hair (laughs) and not establishing who that's referring to. And also like... Sounds like a Taylor Swift song. Yes, she has red hair and a red hat. <laughs> Meanwhile, Woody has brown hair and a brown hat. That what happened was they started writing that trivia and couldn't remember Jesse's name. And they're on IMDb, so they could just literally go and look. <laughs> hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, so um, AJ, read here, read here. Brown hair, brown hat. Do you think this was done on purpose or is this just simply a coincidence? <laughs> of course it's done on purpose. It's called character design. And there are yeah. hundreds of concept like like concept art pictures of characters from any movie with different coloured hair and hats and stuff. So, of course Yeah, like they're, they're designing the characters. And they go to show John Lasseter, look, this is what we've got for um for Jesse. And he's like, oh, she's got a red hair and red hair. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, I suppose she does. <laughs> 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 it's such um, an unremarkable feature of a character yeah. as well I, I i made an imdb account and logged in just to find that not interesting <laughs> nice um you, you should yeah, go and so, find out our review for for pup stars three and and give that an upvote <laughs> now i do want to ask because we've talked a lot about um we talked about our emotional and physical connection to Toy Story. But what's your connection with Toy Story 2? Like you said it's it's probably your favorite one at the moment, but like seeing it for the first time and stuff, do you still have those memories? Nah, I I didn't didn't see it in the theaters. Um I remember being this was back, you know, I would have been how old was I in 99? 99 you would have been 6. Re- I was only 6, shit. So, 
the the concept of a sequel was still relatively novel to me. So I remember being like excited and uh, that there was a new Toy Story film. Um, I remember um, I knew that it was I knew that A Bug's Life was from the makers of Toy Story. So I already had like a beginning tenuous link between Pixar films at that point. And so having this come out, I was like, oh, cool, it's the new film by the Toy Story Bugs Life guys. Um, the main thing I remember from Toy Story 2, like the the marketing campaign for it, was the McDonald's Happy Meal toys where, like, all the characters under road cones. Or maybe it was only one of them under a road cone. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. That's the yeah, main yeah, thing yeah. I remember from it. I don't think I saw it till it came out on VHS. All right. Yeah, I, I remember, as I said before, yeah, I remember going to the cinema to, to see it. And, like, the... Woody's finest hour and the and the the whole scene on the runway. I remember sitting in the theater and watching that. Like I remember where we were sitting in the cinema. Nice. And um, I I also remember. I don't know if this is how I found out about the film. I feel like I already knew about it, but I have a distinct memory of walking in uh, to a movie halfway through a trailer for Toy Story. I think I was with my grandma. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I remember walking in um, to sort of halfway through a trailer for Toy Story 2 and it wasn't like a traditional trailer because Pixar, for years, their trailers had weren't part of the film. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like um, Woody and Buzz standing there, like Woody being like, oh, we're making another movie kind of thing. And it's just against the black background. And then uh, Buzz goes, and what would a Toy Story, what would a movie be without Buzz Lightyear? And then Woody's like, a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I remember walking in and just catching the end of that. And I always remember that joke. And then it like comes up with like the logo and the number two. Nice. Um, and it was one of those things I was like, fuck, that can't have been real. But then like years ago, like since like uh, bet- between the movie coming out and now, I remember being like, what if they actually existed? And then, yeah, found it. And sure enough, yeah. And it was that happened to me. That happened to me recently um, with the Energizer battery ad. From not not the ones that are out now, but back in the nineties, mm. the Energizer battery ad, the the like mascot, which is like an anthropomorphic battery, it would be in various ads. Kind of reminded me of the M and M's characters, um, and then mm. every battery, battery Energizer battery ad would end with him jumping into frame, and he goes ha, and then he smacks his head on the wall and goes, and it, I can't even what it says. It it spells out uh, their their slogan, and after he's finished, he goes ha. So it's like, ha, ha, and I was like, thinking about that the other day. I was like, was that a real ad? It seems so aggressive. And I searched on YouTube and found it, and it's vaguely what I remembered it being. So there you go. <laughs> Back to batteries There's, again. <laughs> there was another um, thing like that. that. There was an ad, and I feel like my sister's going to comment and tell me and say she remembers the ad, but. Um, it was like for a popsicle and I remember it being Buzz Lightyear, but maybe it was just like similar looking characters and it was like a, a rocket popsicle and one of them like licked the rocket and it took off mm-hmm. and the popsicles remember. were like lemonade in the middle, but then I think the top was red and the bottom and I think maybe like jelly and the bottom was um, blue mm. and, I ha- and I've never been able to find the ad. So mm. if anyone knows what I'm talking about and can find the ad, please um leave a link in the description i love talking about like potential mandela effects on this yeah so it's so good um so i think that's all i had to say about toy story 2 yeah good like my connection to toy story 2 isn't as like deep as it kind of is to the other two Mm -hmm. 
Um, but but that's not to any a strike against the film or, yeah, yeah. or any indictment on how much I like the film because I yeah. do love it. And yeah. and it's like you want you watch Toy Story one and you're like, part of you wants to like it to not hold up, mm. and it to, just to be contrary. Like and same with Toy Story two, you want to be like, yeah, no, nah, it isn't as good as the first one. But like the first one holds up perfectly, and the second one is just as good as if not better than the first one. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And it, it, it does being a sequel really well in terms of upping the stakes and exploring the world. Mm. Yeah, and again, that's what I like about it is that it's it expands on that stuff. And like we've talked a bit before about um certain tropes of sequels and like like you've got the the main character meets the bizarro version of themselves sequel you know you've got the princess uh, the prince and the pauper which happens style. in which happens in toy story 2 yeah exactly um and and another trope that I've, I've kind of started noticing is probably most exemplified in scream 2 but it is kind of partially there in toy story 2 which is um the there's like a piece of fictional media in the movie that represents the amount of fame the first one got does that make sense so like toy story 2 starts with a video game where you play as buzz lightyear and the the better example to use would be scream 2 where the 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 movie based on the events of scream is made and it acts as a way for the characters to have like a meta conversation about the first film and the yeah the video game in toy story 2 kind of has similar results as does woody's roundup and Stuff like that. Mm. Or like Howl World and Hellraiser 8. Yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> that's the obvious example. Um, so, yeah, do you want to uh, do you wanna ask some more questions? Sure, I do have some Buddy. questions. Um, I, am I Woody or are you Woody? Which one of us is Buzz? Is that your question? No, this is me just playing this podcast. <laughs> which, which do you, if, if one of us has to, like, okay, in the thumbnail for this video, I'm going to make one of us look like Buzz and one of us look like Woody. Which one is it? <laughs> uh, oh. You can choose. I don't, I'm not going to, I've not got no, my No, let's heart, talk so. about this. Okay, because you were here first. Cole Pop shit had been running before, mm-hmm. um, before I joined and we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, then am I the new exciting one that everyone likes? That's I, I feel like I can't answer that. Let, yeah, comment below, let us know. But the, uh, I would say that Woody, I prefer Woody of the two characters. Yeah, well, I mean, you're supposed to. Okay. So who does people prefer out of us two? Me. And I, I, I think maybe I possess... Uh, in the first film, I'd be more Woody, I guess. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm more I'm more likely to be jealous of your success. Yeah, <laughs> um, and you're more likely to have this like delusion of grandeur. Yeah, no, that there you go. So I'm Buzz and you're Woody. That's yeah. I'm happy with that answer. All right. <laughs> in all of these examples, I tend to be the main character. <laughs> whenever we do this, like whenever we like, which one's me and which one's you? It's, I, I usually end up being the main character. What does that say about me? Or what does it say about you? Because maybe, I don't know. Um, all right. <laughs> Can toys with inbuilt voices like Buzz or Woody operate these independently? I don't know why I've written this as a question because the answer is yes. Um, when, yeah, it happens in the first <laughs> Yeah, when Woody is talking to Sid or taking down Sid, he's delivering Sid-specific catchphrases um, 
you know, about him uh, before actually saying, so play nice with his mouth. Um, Well, here's the question. This implies that the toys with built-in voices, or at the very least just Woody, can talk without using their mouths. So is this actually, is, is like using their mouths to speak like a choice? Is it just like a comfort thing? Like it feels better to to yeah. use my mouth when I'm speaking than to just you know. Well, again, <laughs> it's, it's I, I think that thing. if you look at the finale of Toy Story, well, not not necessarily not actually the finale, but like the climax of Toy Story as like an achievement, all mm. of these questions are like it's it's really hard, but mm. Woody was able to do it because that because the situation needed him to and he was overcoming these odds he was doing something no toy has ever done before mm, that's and it cool. makes and, and it makes a, a, a good moment even more special yeah so it's like an un, an unsaid um climax of the film that we we haven't seen before is woody being woody overcoming these physical boundaries um mm. that's cool all right um this is a this is a big one for me yeah. Um, what distinguishes an inanimate object from a toy? So Bo Peep is supposed to be like a, a as you said before, a porcelain lamp, but she can talk. Mm. And you could argue that a character just needs to have a face, but then Mr. Spell, who's like a little keyboard thing, doesn't have a face and he's clearly alive. Um, Ham is also seen in the second film doing Morse code via the blinds with the garden gnome next door. So I wouldn't say a gnome is a toy. Mm. Um so what do you think distinguishes these? Um, yeah, I think the face thing is definitely important. Okay. So that maybe there's like a priority list. Like you either have to have a face if you're not a toy, but toys toys yeah. get first um, first pick of being if you're if you're designed as a toy, you are alive. But inanimate objects with faces are also alive. Yeah. If you can play yeah, so, with it, if you can play with it, it's alive. Because you could play with Bo Peep. You could play with a garden gnome. So it's the yeah, magic of or, children that, that of a children's want, um, the magic of a children child's imagination that brings a thing to life. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? What? Bo Peep. I'm going to say Bo Peep is obviously detachable from her lamp. Yeah. Because we see her be detached from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that toy is designed to be taken off, and it's a porcelain doll that you can that you can take off. And the garden gnome isn't a traditional gnome; it's like a gnome toy that's placed in the garden <laughs> as like a lookout for the toys. Okay. So what about? So Mr. neither Spell? of them are universe breaking. What about Mister Spell being? Is it just because he's a toy? Uh, Mister Spell's a toy okay. with a personality. Sweet. Um, last question that I've got. I do have one more that I'll save for um, continue the franchise because it kind of launches me into my continue the franchise. Cool. I've got one I want to mention as well. I okay. Done this. Um, my last question is nothing to do with the, the fictional universe. It's set up in the real, like the our world parts of this universe. Does Andy mm-hmm. share a room with his baby sister? The, the, like the layout of Andy's room heavily suggests that his sister's crib is in the same room as him, and it's it'd be normal for a brother and a sister to share a room as like older children. Like I shared a room with my sister when I was like ten, and she was how old would she have been? Like no, probably older actually. I don't know. But um, 
Andy's sister is clearly like 18 months old at most, which is still like wake up in the middle of the night crying age. So is there, there's, if, if there aren't enough bedrooms, she should probably have the crib in Andy's mum's room. Is this why yeah. they move house in the first film? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, that's why they move house in the first film. Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, you can look at things because we only see, we don't see that it's there like permanently. Mm-hmm. They're, you're, they're playing at the start, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it could just be that, like, Andy, Andy's mum had to, like, pop downstairs and she's like, he's, like, just playing in his room and he's like, you know, can you just keep an eye on Molly for a second? Nice. And puts the crib in there. Um, I mean, you know, we haven't talked about where's Andy's dad. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, that, that could be why they're moving as well, as he's walked out and they, they need a place. I was going to say they need a place, like, more affordable, but they move to a way nicer house. Um <laughs> But, you know, she's just a single mum doing it for herself. You know, uh, Murphy Brown mm. paved the way for that in, in media. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's a smart reference, and we're going to get our over 30s commenting and being I like, I get the reference. Boy. It's just a bizarre- um, You tell the bloody vice president. I don't think we've ever talked about Murphy Brown together before, so. Yeah. What's well, it's back it's now, a, it's so. a, Yeah, it's a, it's a cool milestone to reach in our friendship. <laughs> Uh, my question was going to be it's not really a question more just like an observation that I haven't really thought about that much before but like how loud are the toys Mm. speaking voices totally like in in, because um, in the first one when uh, Hannah Sid's little sister is having tea with Buzz and to distract um, to distract her Woody goes Hannah oh Hannah and she's like coming mom and and it's obviously loud enough that you know she can hear it. Yeah, in Toy Story three, um, when uh, they get put in the garbage bag, that they're, they're like, I think it's like Mr. Potato Head is like, "What do we do now?" or something like that. And it's like Andy's mom, or no, Andy is holding the bag at arm's length, right? And they're just inside the bag, and one of them's talking. Like it's very, um, <laughs> you'd hear it. Yeah. Is what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, the the and the, this this can't be solved by by Woody just overcoming odds. But yeah, him him yelling, it, it's not seen to be done any differently or anything like that. No. Um. But yeah, like, it's, wouldn't you notice all these like toys running around yelling upstairs? Like, you, especially having yeah. Wallace Shawn upstairs like screaming. Yeah. The the to me, this is more universe breaking than why does Buzz freeze when Andy comes into the room? Because like, you could expand this to like. There is literally a plot point in Toy Story 3 that involves a security camera seeing toys move. And it's another toy monitoring the security camera. But what if there's a break-in in, in, in like the, the, the daycare or something, something goes wrong and they have to check the security cameras. They're going to see these toys moving across the screen. And you could say, well, you know, maybe there just was never a break-in at the daycare. But every single toy is alive. In the world. <laughs> that means that in the entire history of since toys could walk and talk, no human, or at least no one has become come out public about it, has seen, heard, or otherwise been convinced that a toy is sentient. And the, Except for Buster the dog. Buster the dog or Sid. 
you know because so, you could yeah. you could go like oh it's it's more of like a um they they move and exist on another plane like in sausage party like if you remember sausage party um <laughs> the 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 grocery items and that are seen as just normal in our world but they've the film the universe of that film shows that in their like dimension of reality they have arms and legs and mouths and eyes and stuff but and if you take bath salts you can see it yeah 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 but in toy story one you forget like sid sid's the key to all of us <laughs> sid yeah is that's the- actually a really good point because <laughs> like about sausage party because that's actually a really intelligent yeah solution to that problem yeah exactly and and yeah and uh toy story it's just that that they just never figure this out but yes sid man sid knows the truth sid's the only Mm. human we see in the whole series to interact with a toy or have a toy interact with him probably is more specific in any way and it's it's like it's almost like after the first film they set a rule that this can't happen but they'd already broken that rule by the time they set it in the first film because yeah. you, I don't understand why they don't just use that same. Um, this is this is totally ruining my continue the franchise. So I'll just you can maybe guess what it is, and we'll talk about Toy Story three. But like, what is stopping Woody from and Toy Story three from going? Hey Andy, I'm actually alive, and so are all your toys. Um, can you please take us all to college with you? Because we're not just you know inanimate objects; we're actually living. Um, you know what's obviously well, it must be yeah it's like a it's like a toy code they all live, there we go it's a code by. and let's come back to that later on okay <laughs> so toy story 3 we had in 2010 and this was a, the, a, like it's one of those things it's like yeah of course it is but at reading it maybe be like huh wow but th- this was um pixar's second ever sequel they'd only done one sequel and that was toy story 2 mm Interesting. And Cars, Cars, Cars Two was 2011, and then every other sequel they've done has been since then. So this was the um, the last uh, port to call for um, Pixar's golden age, because everyone likes to pretend like Pixar aren't, aren't as good anymore, even though Inside Out is probably one of their best films, and that came out pretty recently. So mm. and uh, Coco very, was yeah, Coco Coco's was really well. good, even though you hated it. I didn't hate it. What are you talking about? You said it was the worst film you'd seen since. No, Lala that was no, that wasn't. Um, Coco, that was um, what's a funny example of a <laughs> that always ruins my comedic tool set, doesn't it? When I'm like, Richard, give me the the like very punchline for this joke I'm setting up, please. Um, <laughs> I like Coco, and I think it's it's it show it showed that Pixar is still, and I mean Incredibles two even shows that Pixar is still on mm. form. So, uh, so yeah, Pixar had a seven film deal with Pixar, which is what I've written down. Fuck. Um, because I had a seven film deal with Disney, uh, which excluded sequels, like I said, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there was some pretty, uh, there's a lot of tension going on around 2004 and Disney was going to start work on Toy Story 3 at Circle 7 Animation, uh, which if you haven't heard of, their only projects that they worked on were Toy Story 3, Monsters, Inc., Lost in Scaradice and Finding Nemo 2. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember we talked about this on the Monsters Inc. episode. Yeah, so uh, eventually, if you can hear it because the audio is so bad, <laughs> Disney just bought Pixar in two thousand and six. Yeah, um, so it's a very strange and then I think issue. A, a lot of Circle Seven was like assimilated into Pixar. Right. It's a very strange issue to have for a movie making company to be like, 
oh, our, our mother company wants us to make more of the thing we really want to do and the thing we're really good at. What, making films? Yeah. Like, I don't, I, yeah. it's a weird problem to well, me to but have. Well, basically, it, they, they had it as well that it was like Disney could order sequels and Pixar just had to make them. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that... Or, yeah. and, and if... And if Pixar was like, we want to make a sequel, they're like, cool, it doesn't count towards that deal. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like, I'd be like, I'd I'd see that as a good thing. I'd be like, cool, we get, we've get we just guaranteed funding for another movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, but um, I think there was a lot of um, animosity between oh, Lasseter yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, Eisner. Mm-hmm. But um, so the original story which if you were following the development of toy story 3 in the early to mid 2000s you would have seen concept art for this um and if you go on the wikipedia page for toy story 3 you'll still see um the like uh, not poster but like kind of announcement um picture for toy story 3 that was shown in 2006 i think um which so it was originally going to be about and this was at circle seven uh, the it was going to be about uh, the gang uh finding toys that had been stolen out of andy's grandma's attic in a whodunit style mystery and then eventually that changed to well this is what you can see the concept art for um buzz would malfunction start to malfunction and andy's mum would ship him to taiwan to be fixed they they would find out that there was a massive recall on all buzz lightyear toys and that was like the poster it's like recalled and it's like buzz Mm. lightyear um, the rest of the gang would ship themselves to Taiwan where Buzz would be meeting other toys who had been recalled and were about to be destroyed. So, uh, you might think, oh, you know, the toys being destroyed thing that's that's carried over. But actually, Pixar, when they took over, they didn't even look at the script and <laughs> came up with a new idea over the course of a weekend. It's so um, bitter and bittered. <laughs> you know, we're not going to even read what you wrote about our project. But that's fair yeah. enough. Um, yeah, actually, I, I read a quote of John Lasseter basically said, like, when Circle 7 was taking it over, he was like, it's like you've got these children and you have to give them up for adoption to convicted child molesters. <laughs> Which is rich coming from John Lasseter. Oh, <laughs> come on. I mean, I'm not going to stand um, up for him, but that's not exactly what he's accused of, is yeah. it? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll oh, get to we that are going to talk on. about it? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's important to the part later on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, when they came back to work on it, um, all the original character files were corrupt, and like they could open them, but when they tried to edit them, it came with an error message. So they had to build every character from scratch. Wow. Um, and also, um, the getting the actors to come back for this film because. A lot of people were like, this isn't Toy Story, why are you doing Toy Story 3 now? But they they made an animatic, which is basically like all the storyboards playing it. So it's like the length of the entire film with just the crew voicing every character. And they played that to like Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. And immediately afterwards, they were like, yeah, we'll do it. This is beautiful. This is amazing. But yeah, I do want to talk about what did you think of when you heard they were making a Toy Story 3? I don't remember hearing it. I just... I, I don't know. I just that was probably before my time of following movies that that intensely. Right. Or do you remember like um, I went to see seeing it, trailers it, for it and stuff. Yeah, like I that? remember seeing trailers. I remember going to see it at the film at the films at the movies. Um, the weird pictures. how you can say at the at the movies but not at the films. Um, yeah, I remember <laughs> going to see it, and my main um, memory of Toy Story three 
um, spoilers for the end of Toy Story 3, was it is the only movie, or the only, like, traditional kids or, like, I want to say predictable, but not in an all-bad way, traditional film where... In that final scene, I was genuinely not sure if the main characters would make it out alive. You know what I mean? Like, with every other movie I've seen, you know, all the Marvel movies and stuff, it's always like, you know, of course they're going to- Thanos isn't going to get the Infinity Stones in the race (laughs) after the universe. It's just not going to happen. They're all coming back, right? You know, or like, there's no way that um, Spider-Man or Iron Man or whoever is going to die in their own film, that kind of thing. Um Toy Story 3, when they are facing the furnace and they all hold hands and just stare into the flames. I was 17 at the time and I was genuinely like, this is how it's going to end. Like, this is actually what's going to happen here. And then they yeah. get saved, of course. Um, the, the thing about that scene is, it's is I mean, yeah, there there is a bit of uncertainty. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, they are going to get out. Of course, but um, that's what I'm saying. Because it's a that, kid's film. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I thought maybe but, there was like some some amazing call was made at Pixar and they convinced Disney to let them give this film this like horrendously dark ending. But the, the sad thing about that scene isn't that they are potentially going to die. It's the fact that they all accept it. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. like when people are like, oh, it wasn't sad because it's like obviously they – like are going to make it out that you're missing the point of the scene because they all they're they're running away from the conveyor belt everything looks hopeless and then they fall in and they're they're aiming towards this this thing and there's they all realize there's literally nothing we can do Hmm. we we, all we can do is is hold hands and and die together yeah and it's like that's maybe that's putting to words what i was feeling yeah, that's yeah. the heartache of the scene. And especially, like, because Jesse and Buzz are the first two to be, like, f- like because Jesse and Buzz have had, like, a romantic kind of entanglement throughout the film. And, yeah, they, they hold hands. And, and Woody's the one that's still looking around to do everything. And when, when Buzz reaches out his hand to him and Woody, they, they look on Woody's face and the realisation that it's, like, mm. it's over, we lost. Yeah. That's what makes that scene so powerful. Yeah, man, totally. Not because of the uncertainty. It's it's because of it's them feeling the certainty. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, and it may it got me as close to crying as I can when watching movies. Um, and also, I mean, yeah, the the next thing that happens, um, which is they get picked up. They of course get saved by the little green men who pick them up with a with a claw. And as it rises up and they go, the claw, I, I, probably the third or fourth time I've seen this movie, watching it at like 2am the other night, when they said, the claw, I actually just went, yeah! like, like, I was so happy because I think there's an argument that they're a deus ex machina, that they, they pick them up and they come in just in the nick of time. But no, I disagree. Yeah. That's a what, a, how long since between the films? That's a, a... 15-year Chekhov's gun payoff, which is fucking incredible, man. Like, that's <laughs> that's seeing the little green men in the first film pointing at the claw, going, that claw sets up that, the and then payoff. Also having, and then in the second one, reminding you and adding the, you have saved our lives. Yeah. We are eternally grateful. Exactly. They, well, yeah, that, if you haven't seen Toy Story 1, Toy Story 3's ending doesn't work. 
Well, it does work, but it's, you know, the the way they get out feels cheap. If you have seen Toy Story 1, it feels wonderfully earned. And we saw a similar thing with how Monsters University changes the context of Monsters, Inc. with Mike Wazowski's character arc. Um, mm. And this is maybe this is something we're catching on to here with, with Pixar and why they know how to make sequels is that they... It's just it's 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 a payoff to something that you wouldn't have expected because it's from another movie, and so it's you know it's it's so meticulous and oh my gosh, I actually just mm. love that um, moment. <laughs> and a lot of people didn't see it, but Cars Three actually did it really well as well with the first Cars. Oh yeah, um, Cars Three is a great sequel to Cars, and I think I almost think they shouldn't have called it Cars Three; they should have called it like Cars subtitle. Yeah, um, because you don't have to watch Cars 2 and you shouldn't watch Cars 2. <laughs> um, but, like, Cars 3 is actually a great film and I, I really like the first Cars as well. But, like, those two Cars to come out, what was it, like, 11 years apart, the first one and the third one, th- that's a great... Mm. They're, they're a great um, duology. Yeah. But, um, yeah, also I find the the very end is, like, heartbreaking when Andy's actually giving all the tours away. And I remember going to see this film in the cinema as well. I went after school one day. And well, on the, on release day, obviously. But um, then, you know, as soon as the film finished, I ran to the other side of the mall and, and went to the warehouse and just, like, played with all these toys. <laughs> and then I got home and I got it. I've got a Buzz and a Woody. And I got them the, like, from the – they were the tie-in release from the first film. Um, and I've still got them in my house in Christchurch. And I still, like, get them out <laughs> when I go down <laughs> because I'm like, hey, look, it's Buzz and Woody. Um and you know I've had those toys for like over twenty years now. Fuck, that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that's and I think I did the same thing like with the Lego Movie as well because I'm 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 quite like sentimental and all. Like I I hold on to things for a long time. Like I still have heaps of shit that like I shouldn't mm-hmm. hold on to. And so like Andy giving away his toys, that that was like. I felt that very emotional line. and I, and watching it the other, the other day for the podcast, I did tear up. I did start to tear up a little bit. Fortunately, Jess put an immediate end to that by being like, are you crying? You fucking pussy. You fucking pussy. What the fuck? And love was like jumping on me and That's calling sad. me a fucking pussy. Um, but yeah, and then I did the same thing with when I saw the Lego movie. I was like, fuck, I need to go buy some Lego. So like ran down to the other end of the mall, went to the warehouse. And then I was like, fuck, Lego is real expensive. Buy any. Um, but yeah, the, the the one of the cool things as well they that they did with Toy Story three, as I say, I've got like a Buzz and a Woody um, toys. But for Toy Story three, and this was an, almost another Mandela effect thing, but they did a bit more research. Was I remember there was this video of John Lasseter um, announcing that they were releasing like movie accurate packaging for all the toys. Cool. So they released like a Woody with in a Woody's Roundup box that like looked like it was from the fifties, and Buzz in the the packaging you see from the first film and it's also i'm pretty sure it's the first buzz ever released to actually have karate chop action nice because my one doesn't right but they also they those released a buzz with the utility belt from toy story 2 uh rex rc jesse bullseye lotso the bucket of soldiers and the space aliens were all released and like what their packaging would look like in the world of toy story mm-hmm. um was, so it was really cool was mr potato head created for the film or no 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 okay um and yeah, it was like him, and then also like Barbie. They tried to get in um, the first film, but they turned it down. Right. 
and then like in obviously. the second film barbie says something about like short-sighted um like uh toy manufacturers didn't produce enough mm. for like them not expecting how right. popular it would be or something like that yeah, yeah and it's not only a dig it that they didn't like um produce enough buzz Lightyear toys when the first film came out but also that like barbie mattel didn't yeah. realize how popular toy story would be yeah 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 um, but yeah, actually, wh- the whole point I asked you, I'm circling back around to it, is I remember when Toy Story 3 was like announced and I was like, ugh, <laughs> d- don't do it. Right. It's been too long. It's not going to work. And then the trailer came out and it was, the trailer just focused on the everyone getting played with in the in the Caterpillar room in Toy Story 3 where, where there's like all the young kids. And it was like, oh, this is just slapstick. It doesn't look very good. Right. They've lost what made Toy Story great. And of course I was wrong. Yeah. And I was so happy to be wrong. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Um, By the time Toy Story 3 came out, I was the type of person that I am now that thinks about want really like desperately wanting a good third film in a series. Um, and mm. so getting Toy Story 3 at the time that we got it was actually like, hallelujah, finally it's happened, you know? Yeah. Um. So I mentioned as well that, that um, Barbie was almost in Toy Story One, but uh, Lotso actually is in Toy Story One. Really? There's um, if you <clears throat> go back to the start of the film when they're holding the meeting, and Woody goes, oh, "Are you guys on the top shelf? Can you hear me?" And a pink bear like looks down and waves and says, "Yep, that's that's as much as they could animate of Lotso at the time." Um, so Lo- the character of Lotso was in a draft of the first film, but. They, they just couldn't animate fur at the time. Right. Okay. Now that makes sense. Because the um, story of Lotso feels like the abandoned story of Woody from the original concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm looking at him now. He's not um, exactly Lotso, but it could be like... No, he doesn't really look like him, but it's a, it's a pink teddy bear. Yeah, and in universe it could be like um, Generation 1 Lotso, you know? Mm. Although Lotso was released in like... Because they released a um, viral viral ad for um, Toy Story three that's like the commercial circa nineteen eighty three for lots of hug and beer, yeah. And it's like he smells like strawberries, and it's yeah, it's real well done. It's like uploaded by a channel called like Mister Crazy Commercials or something like that. It's got two other videos, <laughs> so it's like it looks real legit. But, um, oh no, uh, it could, but it could be like a lotso beer that's been hugged and worn out so that it's faded and lost right, it, you know? right, right. Yeah, so, uh, but apparently the in Toy Story 3, the fur for Lotso wasn't actually the biggest challenge. It was actually the trash bags. Um, they look great. I did notice how good the trash bags <clears throat> looked. Because the, like, polyethylene vinyl or whatever it is that they're made out of is has its very particular properties and how it, like, reflects light, how it absorbs light and all that. And, yeah, mm, but they, they cool. look good. It looks good. It looks good. Uh, but yeah, just a couple more little things. John Morris comes back as Andy, cool. um, the same same voice actor plays plays Andy, and apparently they no one had like been in contact with him since Toy Story Two, but they managed to get his phone number, and they're like, "Fuck, what if he doesn't act anymore? What if he doesn't sound right?" And they called him, and they got the answering machine. It's like, "Hi, this is," John. and they're like, "Oh my god, yes, he's perfect." <laughs> and like, he's got he's got an interesting voice because he, he does still sound really young. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, he's got like a, a youthful 
innocence about his voice, which works for the character. Do you know who plays young Andy in Toy Story 3? Like when we see him? Uh, it's a different, it's not like archival footage of him right. or anything like that. But he also, the person who voices young Andy also voices one of the peas in the pod. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, and also, if you're wondering, actually, I'll come back to this later. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you have any more questions or do you want to move on to some segments? Um, I my next question was just going to lead into my continue the franchise if we wanted okay to well I've got one other thing before continue the franchise okay so uh, listeners of this podcast who have listened to this podcast might that's, that's all our listeners <laughs> might know that we talk about titles a lot oh, on this podcast I forgot <laughs> huh I'd forgotten <laughs> uh, so uh, a couple of years ago, Lee Unkrich uh, was on. We got uh, hit up Twitter and revealed that there was um, about two hundred alternate titles for Toy Story. Really? Did you know about this? No, man. I'm very interested to hear them because I have almost nothing to say about the titles as they are. <laughs> so. Well, okay. So, are you ready for two hundred alternate titles? Yeah. No, nah, well, there's not two hundred. He 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 tweeted a few. Okay, tell me of them. these. So I'm gonna, I'll give you them, and, and you give me what you think okay. uh, on it. Like before we get there, I don't think you'll find any of these better than Toy Story. Okay, so let's just let's just not say, oh, it's not as good as okay. Toy Story. So just let me know what you think of them. So the new toy, um, it doesn't allow for sequels. Yeah, it's what you'd call it if, if, there, if there wasn't another. Yeah, it wouldn't be a yeah. good franchise name. Yeah, uh, made in Taiwan. Uh, it's a cool title, but it doesn't suit the overall aesthetic. I don't think. Yeah, moving buddies. I like that. Again, it's not. It, you don't go. Oh, moving buddies, the movie about toys. But it's a cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a cool um, way. You know, I get it. If it was, if this was a film about um, cop, bu- buddy cops, it'd be a good. <laughs> I don't know how you could- yeah, well, because it was. It is kind of a buddy. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, to infinity and beyond. That's nah, not a title. Yeah, wind up heroes. I mean, none of them are wind up, but yeah, yeah, that's all right. The cowboy and the spaceman. That's cool, man. That's cool. It's not, you know, it's not better than Toy Story, but it's a, it's a very pulpy, <laughs> pulp fictiony kind of title. For yeah, me. Spurs and Rockets. Nah, it's not clear enough what they're. It's not about toys. Okay. That's the problem with that. I mean, a lot of those are the same thing. As you've got to put the word toy or something that refers to toys in the title. Yeah. I always yeah. wanted to make a short film about um, a, <laughs> a someone named Tori who gets controlled by her toys and call it Toys Tori. thought that would be kind of fun. <laughs> nice. Um, are you familiar with the film Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia? Yes, I'm I'm aware of the title. By by title, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> in, in reference to that, uh, one of the titles is "Bring Me the Arm of Buzz Lightyear." <laughs> <laughs> it sound, that sounds more like a a book title than a movie title. Yeah. Um, wind the frog. Is that referring to anything? Referring to. Yeah. Um, Rex's first movie. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> why um, would it be called that was Rex a character yeah. outside of this no I don't think so <laughs> um, for the love of peep <laughs> these are starting to sound like James Bond titles yeah toys in the hood 
No way. The, do, these are starting to are they were these also repurposed as robot chicken episode titles? Maybe. I think some of these were, yeah, yeah. Um each sold separately. That's cool. Uh wings and pull strings. That's cool. These aren't these are all these aren't movie titles is the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I th- like because I think he said like this is like they opened it up for anyone to like submit a title and these yeah. feel like yeah yeah um, some assembly required that's cool yeah that'd be a good like slogan uh, for the, the yeah film. yeah yeah the tagline we talk about taglines now yeah um, the favorite I, that's the short story that Toy Story is based on you know yeah 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 <laughs> uh, and last one you are a toy I kind of like that. Yeah. That's the only one and that rivals Toy Story as like a franchise name, I think. Yeah. You're a Toy 2. Hmm. Oh, you're a Toy 2. Oh, <laughs> they should have called it. Oh, <laughs> vomiting from how much you wish something was called something. Um, <laughs> as, as we, we've yeah. all done. Um, and apparently they considered calling a bug's life a bug story or bug story, but they didn't want to be stuck, you know, a superhero story, yeah. fish story, yeah. rat they- story. I, lo- I love idiosyncrasies, um, but if they had called it Bug Story and then Monsters Inc. comes out and it's not called Monsters Story, which is probably the last one you could really do call it that for, I'd be Well, of- you've got like Car Story, Rat Story, but Fish Story. Up? What's what Old Man Story? What is the, the, like, the theme of Up? Like Pixar films got a lot more, a lot less... Um, themed by you know like there's the toy movie the bug movie then you get yeah, up what and, if what and if Coco. toys had feelings what if yeah yeah what if bugs had stories what if mexicans had feelings you know yeah yeah <laughs> sweet uh so now it's time to continue the franchise sick so there are three shorts and two TV specials. The shorts are like you know five-ish minutes. TV specials are twenty-one minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't. I think I've seen one of the shorts, but I haven't seen any of the, the others. Mm-hmm. What are they called? Um, so there's Party Source Rex, Small Fry. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other short. Something about <laughs> and, Hawaii. Um, oh yeah, Hawaiian Vacation. And yeah. then there's the Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story that Time Forgot. Because those are kind those of are my favorite titles within the broader Toy Story right, Hawaiian franchise. Vacation no Toy Story That Time Forgot <laughs> and Toy Story of Terror I, like, I wouldn't have hated it if the sequels instead of 2 and 3 were called Toy Story something something yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so they denied that they were doing a Toy Story 4 for a long long time uh, however eventually they came up with an idea that was just too good to pass up Last, John Lasseter was set to return with Rashida Jones and Will McCormick writing um, after Pixar was impressed by their film Celeste and Jesse Forever. Mm-hmm. This is Rashida Jones from um, Parks and Rec, which also stars Adam Scott. Um, however, John Lasseter announced that he was stepping down as director and eventually leaving Disney. Do you want to say why, AJ? Uh, he was one of the people involved in the Me Too scandals, right? So he... Yeah. I, like, I'm honest, I, I, I feel like I need to be like... This is what he's accused of, and obviously next to Harvey Weinstein, it's it's not as bad. But I feel like that's a you don't even really need to say how bad things are. It's 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 disappointing yeah, well, well, to know that John Lasseter is a bit of a well a substantial creep. Um, but well, I don't okay. think so. It John, John Lasseter was one that 
he came out and was like, I've been doing this. I'm stepping down. He was never like accused of anything. Right. He really? came okay. out and was like, I'm, I'm a hugger. I've, I've, I care, t- I care a lot and I, and I love a lot. And so he's been known to like invade people's personal space a little bit. It's, you know, with, with the old wayward hug. I'm not necessarily, I'm not, defending it i'm just saying like he he came out and said this it's not like people were like we need to get john lester out because he's a creep he came out and said i'm ashamed of my behavior so i'm stepping down right um so he stepped down as director and then josh cooley uh took over directing who was the head of story on inside out and um eventually in january of this year stephanie Folsom. Uh, replaced the writers who left at the end of 2017 due to philosophical drift differences. And it said that uh, Rashida Jones didn't like working with John Lasseter because of that mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, so Stephanie Folsom, you might've known because she's uh, written Toy Story 4 is her only writing credit. Um, Yay, this looks hopeful. <laughs> but uh, no, she, she has a popular blacklist script called 1969, A Space Odyssey or How Kubrick Learned to Stop Worrying and Land on the Moon. Which is a, like a fictional <laughs> script about someone hiring Stanley Kubrick to fake the moon landing. That's great. That's a great time. Um, and she also, um, if you Google her name, you'll see a slew of tweets that she did wrote the story for Thor Ragnarok, but was denied credit by the Writers Guild. Oh, wow. Um, I feel like to return to our Reddit comments that we see heaps, um, this isn't exactly a shower thought, but whenever Toy Story 4 gets brought up, I feel like people are very cynical about it. Um, and I understand that. I kind of like trilogies more than quadrilogies as like a just as a symmetrical thing. Um, and yeah. you are, with every sequel you continue to make, you're in, in danger of breaching a legacy, you know? So even if Toy Story 4 is subpar but still good you still now don't have a perfect franchise in Toy Story, you know? You have yeah. a friend in me, but you don't have a perfect franchise <laughs> in Toy Story. Um, so, yeah, a couple more things. So, apparently, um, Annie Potts has confirmed that uh, about three quarters of the script is scrapped. It's been described as a rom-com and not a sequel to Toy Story 3, but a standalone film. I've heard that uh, as well. Yeah, I've heard that, and it's, and again, it's like, well, why call it Toy Story Four then if it's not even even that? Um, you're you're probably just about to bring this up, but are you gonna like Tim Allen cried about it? The well, other yeah. Day. Well, let me get let me get to that. Okay? Yeah. Let me, let me let me let me let me let me get to it. Okay. Um. So the 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 sequel the story that's been um that we've been told is that it's about Bonnie's toys helping Woody to reunite with Bo Bo Peep who wasn't in Toy Story 3 because they realized that like a porcelain doll wouldn't survive the events of it, mm. which is what I was going to bring up earlier when I was like, well, I'll come back to this. Right. So if you're wondering, that's what that was. That's the the claw of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, Randy Newman's coming back to score. Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, and Christian Shaw are all returning. And also Laurie Metcalf's returning, which is interesting. Andy's mom. Is Andy? Haven't, haven't heard yet, but I guess it does make sense if Bonnie's still on it because they're like, Friends, their mum, Laurie Metcalf could have a little cameo. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so very recently, as you're about to say before I so rudely interrupted you, uh, <laughs> Tim Allen, and this is like in the last week or two, uh, Tim Allen was on a talk show and said that it's going to make everyone ugly cry like the end of Toy Story 3. He said some of the final scenes he couldn't even get through himself. It's weird thinking of Tim Allen as an emotional person, eh? Mm. Never seen that Did- him like act with emotion. Did you also hear what he compared it to? What did he compare it to? He said he compared it to Infinity War. Oh God! <laughs> mm. So that's interesting. But he said, "Mr. Lightyear, like, I, I don't feel so good." <laughs> <laughs> he said, um, oh, "I can't like give anything away, kind of thing." But um, he said, "Infinity War is like a series of vignettes that no one thought could work, and this is what right this is." So interesting. That, that's interesting that he's like. Because he's he caught he's says he's like a huge superhero movie nerd, um, and so he's like, you know, he 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 was aware of how stacked the odds were against Infinity War right. being good, and, and it's it's kind of good to see him acknowledge that it's the same for Toy Story Four that no one's expecting this to be good, right? Yeah, okay. but I mean, like, fuck! I think it's gonna be great. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm, the the story. I actually think that sounds like a good idea for a story to follow the Bo Peep stuff, and it also brings a nice little thing where this will mean that every sequel was um, signposted in the movie before it, because Toy Story One references Zerg and Al's toy barn. Toy Story Two has that um, uh, has uh, Stinky Pete mentioning the the landfill. And mm. Toy Story 3 has them mentioning that Bo Peep's gone now. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, if you were to tell me the plots of the films, like, just in a sentence, the trying to reunite with Bo Peep doesn't excite me as much as the other ones necessarily. Yeah. Um, but they showed some footage at Cine Europe, which um, it mainly just introduced new heroes, including a Hawaiian girl paper doll called Lulu. But yeah, I mean, I don't really have any, like, the end of Toy Story 3 is so perfect as a goodbye to the franchise, but they've said it's like they own, the only reason that they know what we're all thinking and they feel the same way. And they were like, yeah, the only reason we're doing this is because it's so good. Well, okay. In and Pixar this is we Pixar trust, we're man. talking about. In Pixar we trust. They've let me down a couple of times, but... Not that many times. Yeah, they, they've got enough good graces with me. Yeah. I feel like the maximum this film can get on Rotten Tomatoes is like in the 80s. Right. I feel. I, I, I don't think we're going to get 100%. And, and that's more film. a statement on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. than Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. See um, Venom, the- which is currently on 25% and is at least a 40% movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Venom's fine. I quite enjoyed it, but because it's not the best movie you've ever seen, it, it, it's it's never gonna it was never gonna scratch above like thirty, uh, which is a shame. And that, that's just how Rotten Tomatoes works. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we are going to get a good Toy Story four. Whether or not it maintains its perfect score is yet to be seen. I don't think it will, but I think I'm going to enjoy the film. And I think I'm probably going to cry. But also, this isn't like. Oh, they're making a Toy Story four. This comes out in like seven months. <laughs> yeah, so I don't like more than that. It comes out June next year. 
Um, and we haven't really seen like a poster. We haven't even really had anything that's like officially announced it other than like if you're in like, you know, you follow film stuff, you you know, it, it's there. But we, The Incredibles, we got a first trailer at the end of November and that came out in June of this year. So hopefully we'll get some kind of announcement trailer coming next month. Wow. And then, but the Incredibles like story trailer didn't come till like April. Mm. And then the film came out in June. So hopefully they don't leave it that late again. Right. Because I remember thinking for the Incredibles 2, I was like, this isn't a good sign that they're leaving it this late. But then it was still. They ended up being good. Yeah. So cool, cool. All right. Yeah. Now, AJ, continue the franchise. Do you have one? And I believe you have a question that. Well, the question was what we're talking about before is that is there a code that the toys. Um, stick to that means they don't interact with humans and it's only broken in circumstances such as Woody talking to Sid um, which I kind of want to explore that more you know what I mean like okay I want I want the maybe Woody is in trouble maybe Sid comes out and he's and he's on TV and he's like um, a toy talk I'm to gay. me yeah he's, yeah he's we can be gay too and um, <laughs> and and Woody's in trouble with like a a toy police, you know, like like let's get into the the practicalities of that. And I think more so than that, I'm interested. But he's the sheriff. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's even more gossipy there. Who polices the police? Yeah, yeah. Um, toy Story Four. Who watches the Watchmen? Um, and I kind of would like to see a like, and I kind of can't believe there hasn't been this in the toy story universe um not one toy has gone rogue not one toy has rebelled that we've seen and gone like no actually um i'm i am a sentient being i deserve rights um i don't deserve to be thrown into a landfill i don't deserve to be played um with by uh like kids who don't know how to play with me um and so i i I kind of want to see a renegade toy perhaps what he goes fugitive that, nice that, yeah, yeah i mean not necessarily woody but i think that that's that's an interesting place to take a fourth film mm. um yeah I it like does it. it does kind of bring the inconsistencies of the world to light though which i think if i was a writer, right yeah, you don't, you don't want to be shining from. a light on that yeah, yeah yeah exactly but that's just me um, being being sell and trying to come up with an idea yeah uh also talking about toy story 4 I think I do actually. I should point out as well that um, Don Rickles. Uh, it's confirmed that he died before being able to record any lines. Right. So I don't know what that means for Mr. Potato Head's appearing in the film, mm. which is a shame because yeah. he was good as well. But um, uh, Bud Lucky though recorded lines before he died. Uh, and I think I don't know. This is this is partly continuing the franchise, but partly just speculating about Toy Story Four. But do you think like Bo Peep's going to break? Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. She'll like what happens? What like um, where like she'll she'll break and she'll die, or she'll break and still be alive? Well, because I don't know. I mean, and, and we'll, we'll maybe we'll see what happens. But like, because you know, we, we've established that she porcelain. The the creators were like, she wouldn't survive this, hmm. and now it's like this going on this big epic adventure with her in tow, presumably. Yeah, I mean, she. There's got to be closure. So whether she breaks or whatever, there's got to be like a happy ending that we get to at the end. Like the thing about Toy Story three, 
especially after what was set up in Toy Story 2, is that it really does flirt with the tragic life, you know, the tragic nature of being a toy. And so mm. that's, I think, maybe why I thought they were going to die. Even going into, into Toy Story 3, I was like, how is this movie going to have a satisfying ending? Because, like, I have one toy that I still have on my person, like from my childhood. It's in my room somewhere. I'm looking, I can't find it. I don't know where it is because I lose it for nine months at a time and then be like, oh yeah, this thing. So like, what is it? It's a rabbit named Huddles. Um, uh, sh- shut up. <laughs> you cried in Toy Story nah. 3, you pussy. No, um, <laughs> the- nah, I've got, I've got heaps of soft toys. I've got, a, I've got a giant, like four foot tall bear behind me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I remember going into Toy Story 3 and being like, why would Andy give a shit about his toys? <laughs> why would he care that he's giving them away? And, like, they kind of played yeah. into it being more, like, sentimental value for him than anything else. And fair enough, Andy seemed to play with toys a lot more for a lot longer than I did when I was a kid. I did maths and um, accounting. Um, just kidding. Or I did, and maybe I just wasn't good at it. Um, <laughs> so the... To me, I'm like, there is always this undertone of the more we see of the Toy Story story, the Toy Story, the sadder it's inevitably going to get. The Toy Story. Yeah. Like, are they immortal? There's another question. Do they just live forever? Do they die in the heat death of the universe? Like, you know, what is the, what is the deal? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The... That actually reminds me of another thing. Surely Toy Story 4 has to incorporate in some way that, like, people don't really play with toys anymore. They go on their phones. Oh, that is absolutely going to be a plot point in Toy Story 4. Yeah, because if they're still with Bonnie, who was three, nine years ago, and she's now, you know, some other age. (laughs) 14. She's 12. 12, Um, yeah. Yeah, like, she's going to... She's but like she hasn't just been about playing one. with toys for five years anyway, so they're back in the same problem that were yeah. beforehand. But you know, she's like Riley's age and in inside out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, she's gonna have a smartphone, she's gonna have a tablet and and, and on the whole, the world is kind of not playing with toys anymore. And do So I feel like that's what it has to be about, right? Do apps an app sentient. <laughs> yeah, well maybe and this is my continue the franchise, Woody and the gang have to go inside the apps and maybe they break the internet <laughs> and it's called Woody breaks the internet colon Toy Story 4 perfect good stuff um now one one thing I'd like to say that I think could be cool for this universe is and maybe it exists in some form but I'd like to see like fully lean into it of like a video game of this world that um like fully leans into the stealth element of it Mm -hmm. so it's like you know you can't be found out that you're a toy maybe it's just like a small little web game like like slender manny kind of Mm. length but it's like you've there's some kind of objective and it's about using the the room around you to stay hidden yeah yeah cool it's a good idea yeah it wasn't that good of an idea, but I, I kind of gave a couple of ideas. <laughs> um, before we kind of spin tailspin into a close here, 
Um, I do. I we probably don't have time to read out all our fan mail because we have quite a lot um, this week. But I do want to read out a message that we got sent um, this week from a guy named Joey Ando. Can we do this now? Is that all good? Sweet. Um, he said, hello, fellas. I recently discovered your show. Hello, Joey. Hello, Joey. I recently discovered your show due to a Reddit post about your earbud asphyxiation, and I've been binging your show since, but I'm really looking forward to your Toy Story episode. Hope you haven't recorded it yet. Uh, well, we hadn't when you sent this. Oh, we're in the middle of it. Oh, <laughs> I know sorry, I'll dude. hear your rankings for the trilogy, but I wanted to vent about my difficulty in ranking the series. I'm inclined to say that the third is the best one because it feels the tightest in dialogue, suspense, and action, but the first feels like it has the cleanest and most meaningful conflict the third film is the only one that made me cry in theaters but only because i become emotionally mature enough for that though i wasn't ready for it when i was four guess my age um same age as us I don't know. No, be two years older. Two years older. The original is the only one in the series with Randy Newman's heartbreaking soundtrack, which isn't true, is it? Randy Newman did all three, didn't no, he? No, he's done the soundtrack for all of them, and yeah. he actually won the Oscar for a song in the third one. Okay. We Belong Together, and that's the, that was the first time to win an together. Oscar. Um, yeah, uh, and he says, and I feel its absence in the sequels, which is interesting because- there wasn't one. Um, he says, Toy Story 2 is good too. Anyway, I love your show. Both are delight- Both of you are delightful. And please do- don't do your Batman episode until we have another few good movies. Maybe do it last, so nine years from now, give or take. <laughs> um, th- well, so thank you so much for that message, Joe. That's that's so nice of you to, to say those wonderful things about us, that we're both delightful. Um, my- I've been thinking about this a lot, this message. And the fact that he says he's he's he struggles ranking them, and this goes back to what I've said a few times in this podcast. That to me, the reason the reason why Toy Story currently is the best trilogy, the best franchise potentially, um, on, on its own terms at least, um, is not because they get better as they go along, but th- it's because they're so difficult to rank because yeah, it's because they're consistent yeah because if a if if a um a trilogy gets better as it goes along that reflects poorly on the first one i've thought i've never thought about this before until i read his message what's so special uh, not necessarily like with something like toy story where it's like there were actually limitations in the first one sure but uh, but you know but- and like you know the ability to make the films gets better and therefore the films get better sure like that wouldn't necessarily reflect badly on the first one sure but it still means that one by the end of the three films one is better than another one you know what i mean so like right. so if they get better as they go along why you know three is better than one what i think is so special about toy story is that they are it depends on the mood you're in it depends where you are in your life you know like I genuinely, if you had asked me two weeks ago before we started rewatching it, I would have said three, two, one. They get better as they go along. But then I rewatched one, and I was like, "This is so much better than I remembered it being." And then I watched two, and I was like, "Oh, this speaks to my soul." And then I watched three, and I was like, "This is such one of the best cinematic emotional payoffs ever made." And <laughs> what I think is great, yeah, is that. They are unrankable, and that is better to me than a series that gets better as they go along. Yeah. All right, so how would you rank them? You're undercutting my, like, wonderful <laughs> monologue there. No, I see, right. as I said before, well, I with think... with that undercut... Yeah. We're heading we, out? Yeah, let's, uh, let's head out. All right, so... All right, we're pulling out of the driveway. We're bloody... 
Wait, yeah, we left. We left. And- we left Woody behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Let's turn around. Oh my gosh! This is called improvisation. Our number plate. It says A one one three. Hey, nice. So the the. Thanks for listening to one of our longest episodes about a three film yeah, franchise. Yeah, this is the longest we've done for the shortest franchise. We did about this length the, 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 of Mission like Impossible. The, yeah, the, the, the like film to time ratio, this is the fucking out the window. Yeah, yeah. Um, it always happens when I do the research that tends to <laughs> the episodes go on real fucking long. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, well, it's going to be long next franchise as well because usually what we do now is we randomly <laughs> select the next franchise but because next month this month is halloween we thought we'd do halloween <laughs> so and also there's a new halloween film yeah. coming out so we're gonna be and and continuing the tradition we stood up with freddy vs jason and scream and hellraiser our next franchise we're we're doing our one to two a year where we choose which one we do to tie into a release and we're doing it for halloween um so yeah tune in next franchise uh fortnight and And then our patrons will still be able to choose the one we do after that yeah exactly so yeah um so tune in next time for halloween there's 10 films in halloween uh 11 okay so including the new one there'll be 11 um yeah and so um yeah head along to we'll put our post up to suggest what we cover after halloween Mm -hmm. we'll put that up either now or very shortly and go ahead and vote thank you for suggesting toy story it was a wonderful yeah wonderful time watching this yeah um i will be once again doing the research for halloween so i hope you at home like listening to me doing all the research for big horror franchises as much as i like doing it because fuck you i'm not changing yeah i am and i get to do long-winded dog franchises um, yeah. So if you want to tell us which franchise to do after Halloween, you can become a patron for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash But if you just want to support the mainline stream of the show, you can also do that by visiting our Facebook page. Um, we're Cop Popture on Facebook. We're Cop Popture on YouTube. We've got a lot of cool stuff coming out shortly that isn't inherently podcast related. I've just, if you follow our Instagram, you've seen that I've just finished filming what will be a series. So I don't want to say too much right away, but that's coming out out um we're also on soundcloud itunes wherever you're listening to this um twitter instagram as i said or you can email us at coldpopshamedia at gmail.com we're gonna head on out because um i feel like two hours and 20 minutes is about the limit yeah (laughs) and um i would love to hear what you guys what questions you guys have about the toy story universe or if you have any other answers to a question that AJ or myself asked on the podcast. That's true, yeah, that'd be great to hear. Cool. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Talofa.